0: Everyone and welcome. I didn't plan to start out in a weird way, but I did do it, didn't I? Oh, I spent all my air on that one. Oh, it's not often I don't leave myself <laughs> enough gas in the tank, but here we go. Last week's review, indeed. Just parked. <laughs> what happened last week? You <laughs> got it. <laughs> Wyojax, I'm just imagining Wyojax Jacks like uh, pulling on the handbrake and just peeling. It's Tokyo drifting into a parking spot, furiously typing. What happened last week? What did happen last week? Last week, and now I'm going to have to deviate over from chat for a minute, otherwise I will get distracted and this will take me an eternity. Chapter 18, The Life and Lies of Albus Dumbledore. Now, it's important to know, I think, for this chapter, what did we just come off of? And that is Harry and Hermione escaping um, escaping Nagini the Snake in Godric's Hollow. They went and visited there. Um, you can go back and listen, listen to, I guess, last week's review if you want the full recap of that experience, but um, Harry's wand is broken. We start uh, chapter uh, 18, the sun's coming up. Harry is sort of thinking about what has happened, thinking about all of his anger with Dumbledore and he is trying to sort of reconnect with Hermione, even though he's, he's honestly really angry with her. Um, she is responsible technically for the, the breaking of his wand, even though it was an impossible situation. Uh, she really did save his life. It just happens that the wand got broken as a result of her, um, you know, what she what she has to do. A wild half-bit appears. How's it going, half-bit? <laughs> Uh, oh, Jem says, poor wand, I cried a bit for his wand. Yeah, it's such a powerless feeling, right? Because this is the thing that has made, yeah. well, I mean, if we if we want to dive real deep into it, we can talk about sort of the, the character similarities here. This is the thing that made Harry special, right? A little bit like, little bit like Riddle himself, uh, like little Tom Riddle. Um... The, the wand and this magic is one of the things that made Harry special, and now a part of that has sort of been taken from him, and it's an empty kind of angering feeling. Um, he's trying to reconnect with Hermione. They're trying to understand what to do next because they were sure that there were going to be some clues, some hints as to what to do next in Godric's Hollow. And they get there, and they learn a little bit about Harry's past. They find some, honestly, more questions than answers. Um... However, they do manage to get a hold of a copy of Rita Skeeter's book, which although, you know, is it the best way to get real information? No, but Harry is desperate for anything right now. Any truth that he can understand uh, about Dumbledore and why Dumbledore would have hidden so much from him, like their shared history in Godric's Hollow, etc., he gets a ton of information. Much of chapter 18 is them reading this book. Um, truth, says Carzy Lizard. Indeed. Uh, yes, exactly. I think those the, the the quotes belong there on this particular truth. We know that um, Rita Skeeter is demonstrably, historically um, uh, untruthful. So, uh, we know that this isn't great, but we also know that Harry is just desperate for anything, and um we learn, again in quotes, a lot about Dumbledore's past. Um, especially the fact that during a, uh, a, a period when he was the same age as Harry is now, about 15, um, he had a brief but very close friendship with Gellert Grindelwald. Uh, one of the most, uh, one of the greatest dark wizards of all time. One of the, the sort of best known, etc. Um, and our... Uh, our role model, our you know, meaning sort of Harry's and us, sort of piggybacking off, piggybacking off of Harry. Um, our our role model uh, is suddenly thrown into a lot of shadow. What sort of wizard was great friends with one of the darkest wizards of all time? Not only that, but what sort of wizard writes a letter to that to that dark wizard um, and? Uses in that letter some of the language that has been used to justify horrible things in the name of dark magic Uh, things like um, for the greater good Well apparently Dumbledore Back at age 15 or so Um, Dumbledore seemed to be in favor of ruling over the Muggles. This power, this magic, gives them the right. He says, uh, and again, this is this is deep in Dumbledore's history, but it is a part of who Dumbledore is, nonetheless. Hermione says it's in the past, but and, and that he grew a lot, he changed a lot, um, and we know that that Dumbledore has had a history in the magical world of being a proponent of Muggle rights, and. Um, uh you know trying to be very very intentional about treating muggles well um and yet here he is and harry reminds them uh, reminds hermione when she brings it up that dumbledore was the age that they are now it's not like he was it's not like he was 6 years old didn't know the words he was saying he understood but he was wrong now Chapter 19, as we move on, Harry is, Harry honestly goes to sleep really, really very angry with Dumbledore. Um, We talked a little bit last week about how now that Dumbledore's gone, um, you know, he's had this role model torn down and there's no chance for Dumbledore to sort of clarify things or help Harry to understand why he would have been, um, uh, you know, why he would have been so, uh, so wrapped up in these ideas, how he might have changed. Dumbledore can't come back to clarify these things. Um, the Silver Doe, Chapter Nineteen. Um, Harry is awake, keeping watch. Um, after he and Hermione have a brief discussion about some of these things, and uh, Harry sees something in the forest. It's pretty strange. Not something you would anticipate. A shining white, uh, shining silver doe. Um, For those of you who don't know, although I imagine it's not many of you, uh, a doe is a female deer, um, and uh, so doesn't have any horns, um, uh, and typically not silver, honestly. But this one is shining and silver, and it's wandering through the forest, and Harry has this strong, strong instinct. I should follow it. I should follow it to find out where it's going. It seems to want me to understand something. Um, Harry wanders into the woods, where the doe leads him to a little frozen pool. Um, It is the middle of winter, so there's snow everywhere, there's ice on the, 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 uh, the top of this pool, but down through the ice, Harry can see the sword of Godric Gryffindor. How it ended up here, who knows? Harry wonders this. Harry wonders why the doe would have led him here. Harry wonders who could possibly have been responsible for the sword or the doe. Maybe it's a trap. All Harry knows is he's got a strong instinct that this doe wants the best for him in some way. Um and <laughs> Lone Star, yep, Ray, a drop of golden sun. Oh boy, we're gonna get the whole thing, just in bits and pieces all the way through chat, just scattered in there like diamonds. Um, The <laughs> diamonds in the chat. Um, Oh, now I'm, now I'm gonna be on a Rihanna kick all night. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, basically, Harry dives down to uh, get this sword at the bottom of the pool, because he knows that the one that Snape has Ain't the real one, so maybe this is? Maybe this is where Dumbledore hid the sword? And as he grabs hold of it, the horcrux around his neck tries to choke him. Tries to drown him. Um, And it succeeds, except for the fact that Harry suddenly feels arms closing around him, and he rises up and is saved by someone. And he turns around, and it's Ron. Ron. Ron is back. Ron has rejoined him. Um, he seems genuinely apologetic. He tells um, a brief story about what he did while he was gone. He said that the moment he wanted, the, the moment that he left, he wanted to come back, um, but he couldn't. Uh, and by the time he tried, um, uh, excuse me, uh, by the time he sort of uh, decided he wanted to, in those moments after he had done it the first time, uh, already it was impossible for him to go back. Um, because of the enchantments that, that hid Ron and Hermione. Uh, Harry and Hermione. Um, uh, he spent a bit of time sort of sulking and then suddenly, uh, one day he hears his, he, he hears Hermione's voice. He hears Hermione say Ron's name, and something about a wand. Uh, at which point he finds that the sound is coming from the Deluminator, this is his gift from Dumbledore. Uh, this thing that will catch lights and then, you know, you can click it once to suck all the lights out of the different sources and then click it again to make them go back and... He clicks his Deluminator and a light comes up and it goes into Ron. It goes into him himself. Um, yeah, Van Saves Live says it was nice seeing Ron genuinely say sorry. So many times him and Harry disagree, it feels like they move on without Ron saying much. Yeah, there are you know, some of these things pass without apology, and I think um you know, with a lot of things in this, that's sort of how Friendships can work sometimes. Some things don't need an apology, but some things like this, where it's intentional and it's a real betrayal. Like, this definitely needed an apology, and to have that sincere moment was absolutely, um, uh, I think, not just, like, necessary for us as readers, but, you know, it it, it made us feel better about having Ron in the room again. Um, because I think otherwise we'd be feeling a lot like Hermione did when uh, Ron and Harry rejoin... Um, and uh, she goes ahead and just, you know, tries to beat the heck out of him. Um, she is furious uh, that Ron would leave. And although Harry's feeling very good about having Ron back, Hermione seems hesitant to reaccept Ron into the group. Now, there's one important bit that I skipped over there. Two, actually. Uh, First of all, um, just a a finisher off with that Deluminator. Uh, This sort of ball of light goes into Ron, and that's how he was able to disapparate and apparate in the right spot. Um, And he did that a couple of times before he was able to find Harry, because Harry wandered outside of the protective enchantments um, to follow this doe. The second thing is that... um, after ron saves harry but before they go and rejoin hermione uh something very very important happens and i'm not sure how i forgot it in my in my uh review just now they destroy a horcrux the the locket that harry has been wearing um that they've been sort of trading off that he he wore into the pool that tried to kill him they put it on a rock harry manages to open it up realizing all of a sudden that he could do so using parseltongue um and out from this this uh this Did I say destroy? Um, uh, Out from this Horcrux comes uh, an image um, essentially playing on Ron's fears because Ron is the one holding the sword about to destroy it. And um, it really sort of gives us a window into... Uh, some of the things that might go on in Ron's mind, some of the doubts that he might have um, including about being sort of the least of his family Uh, it seems that everyone else in his family including Ginny, um, has a way to kind of make a name for themselves and he is overshadowed by them so often Um, overshadowed by his best friend as well Um, and it it seems that Hermione plays a significant part in this in in Ron's mind because um, well Uh, he sees a vision of Hermione choosing Harry over him. Um, And we get a, a brief dark moment right before Ron decides, I'm going to destroy this thing. I'm not going to let it influence me. And that is the end of our review. Now, a couple of things, folks, I want to say thank you very much um, for, of course, Jess Brown with the with the bits before and the subscriptions. I really, really appreciate them very much. Um, and I want you to know, like, from the bottom of my heart, I, <laughs> I am thankful for the opportunity to do this more often. Um... Uh, I am doing so much more with the channel than I did at the beginning. Uh, three years ago, it was just me reading a couple chapters a week on YouTube and now I have um, you know, like, let's see. I do you know two, two shows on Tuesday, one on Wednesday, one on Thursday and two on Friday. Um, and they're all pretty different. And the ability to do like the, the being able to dedicate that time to it, I'm thankful to I'm thankful to you for allowing me to do this in this way, so I appreciate it very, very much. Um, I'm gonna keep quiet about it during the chapter itself, because I don't want it to sort of interrupt the flow of things, but I can promise you, I promise you, if you do if you do something during the chapter, I'll come back to it at the end. Um, uh, I'm really thankful to y'all, and... Uh... <laughs> just imagine giving bits of my heart instead. Um, Gems, I appreciate it. Yeah, all you folks who are just here to listen, like, I appreciate all of you as well. Um, you being here for for uh, for this and and to hang out with me is a it's a great way for me to spend time during um uh, uh during quarantine because I'm definitely an extrovert and this is a great kind of surrogate for not being able to hang out with people in in person. I love y'all. <laughs> I love y'all a lot. Let's get into it, shall we? I think it's about time we get started yeah, absolutely. Bits of your heart are greatly appreciated as well, gems because yeah, I can actually turn those into Bitcoin. Uh- <laughs> um, let's do this. That was a pretty good one. Come on, that was a pretty good one, wasn't it? I'm proud of myself. I'm, I knew I knew it would work for half bit. I'm guessing I'm guessing uh, uh, Tuna was feeling pretty good about that one too. but there we go. Chapter 20. Xenophilius Lovegood Harry had not expected Hermione's anger to abate overnight, and was therefore unsurprised that she communicated mainly by dirty looks and pointed silences the next morning. Ron responded by maintaining an unnaturally somber demeanor in her presence as an outward sign of continuing remorse. In fact, when all three of them were together, Harry felt like the only non-mourner at a poorly attended funeral. During those few moments he spent alone with Harry, however, collecting water and searching the undergrowth for mushrooms, Ron became shamelessly cheery. Someone helped us, he kept saying. Someone sent that dough. Somebody's on our side. One horcrux down, mate. Bolted by the destruction of the locket, they set to debating the possible locations of the other horcruxes. even though they had discussed the matter so often before, Harry felt optimistic, certain that more breakthroughs would succeed the first. Hermione's sulkiness could not mar his buoyant spirits. The sudden upswing in their fortunes, the appearance of the mysterious doe, the recovery of Gryffindor's sword, and above all, Ron's return made Harry so happy it was quite difficult to maintain a straight face. Late in the afternoon, he and Ron escaped Hermione's baleful presence once again and under the pretense of scouring the bare hedges for non-existent blackberries, they continued their ongoing exchange of news. Harry had finally managed to tell Ron the whole story of his and Hermione's various wanderings, right up to the full story of what had happened at Godric's Hollow. Ron was now filling Harry in on everything he had discovered about the wider, wizarding world during his weeks away. And it didn't sound like it, but that was a tough putt, that sentence there. And how did you find out about the taboo? He asked Harry after explaining the many desperate attempts of Muggleborns to evade the ministry. The what? Well, you and Demani have stopped saying you know whose name. Oh, yeah. Well, it's just a bad habit that we've slipped into, said Harry. But I haven't got a problem calling him V. Vo- no! roared Ron, causing Harry to jump into the hedge and Hermione, nose buried in a book at the tent entrance, to scowl over at them. "'I'm sorry,' oh, said Ron, wrenching Harry back out of the brambles. "'But the name has been jinxed, Harry. That's how they track people. They're using his name, and it breaks protective enchantments. It causes some kind of magical disturbance. That's how they found us in Tottenham Court Road.'" "'Because we used his name?' "'Exactly.' You've got to give them credit, it makes sense It it was only people who were serious about standing up to him Like Dumbledore, who ever dared to use it Now they've put a taboo on it Anyone who says it is trackable Easy and quick way to find order members They nearly got Kingsley You're kidding Yeah, a bunch of Death Eaters cornered him uh, Bill told me, but he found his way out He's on the run now, just like us Ron scratched his chin thoughtfully with the end of his wand. You don't reckon that Kingsley could have sent that door? His Patronus is a lynx. We saw it at the wedding, remember? Oh, yeah. They moved further along the hedge, away from the tent and Hermione. Eddie you don't reckon that it could have been Dumbledore? Dumbledore what? Ron looked a little embarrassed, but said in a low voice, Dumbledore, that... The the door, I mean... Ron was watching Harry out of the corners of his eyes. He did have the real sword last, didn't he? Ron, no, Harry did not laugh at Ron, because he understood too well the longing behind the question. The idea that Dumbledore had managed to come back to them, that he was watching over them, would have been inexpressibly comforting. "'He shook his head. "'Dumbledore is dead,' he said. "'I saw it happen. I saw the body. "'He's definitely gone. "'Anyway, his Patronus was a phoenix, not a doe.' "'Well, Patronuses can change, though, can't they?' said Ron. "'Tunks has changed, didn't it?' "'Yeah, but if Dumbledore was alive, why wouldn't he show himself? "'Why wouldn't he just hand us the sword?' "'Search me,' said Ron.' The same reason that he didn't give it to you while he was alive, maybe. Same reason that he left you an old snitch in the mine a book of kids' stories. Which is what? asked Harry, turning to look Ron full in the face, desperate for an answer. I, I don't know, said Ron. Sometimes I thought I would have been a bit hacked off that he was having a laugh, or, or that he just wanted to make it more difficult, but I don't think so. Not any more. "'He knew what he was doing when he gave me that deluminator, didn't he?' "'He... well,' Ron's ears turned bright red, "'and he became engrossed in a tuft of grass at his feet, which he prodded with his toe. "'He... he must have known that I'd run out on you.' "'No,' Harry corrected him. "'He must have known that you'd always want to come back.' Ron looked grateful, but still awkward. Partly to change the subject, Harry said, "'Speaking of Dumbledore, have you heard what Skeeter wrote about him?' "'Oh, yeah,' said Ron at once. "'People are talking about it quite a lot. "'Of course, if things were different, it would be huge news. "'Dumbledore being pals with Grindelwald. "'But it's just something to laugh about for people who didn't like Dumbledore. "'A bit of a slap in the face for everyone who thought that he was such a good bloke.' I don't know that it's such a big deal, though. He was really young when they— Our age, said Harry, just as he had retorted to Hermione, and something in his face seemed to decide Ron against pursuing the subject. A large spider sat in the middle of a frosted web in the brambles. Harry took aim at it with the wand Ron had given him the previous night, which Hermione had since condescended to examine and had decided was made of blackthorn. Engorge you. The spider gave a little shiver, bouncing slightly in the web. Harry tried again. This time, the spider grew slightly larger. Stop it, said Ron sharply. I'm sorry that I said Dumbledore was young, okay? Harry had forgotten Ron's hatred of spiders. I'm sorry. Reduce you. The spider did not shrink. Harry looked down at the blackthorn wand... Every minor spell he had cast with it so far that day had seemed less powerful than those he produced with his phoenix wand. The new one felt intrusively unfamiliar, like having somebody else's hand sewn to the end of his arm. "'You just need practice,' said Hermione, who had approached them noiselessly from behind and had stood watching anxiously as Harry tried to enlarge and reduce the spider. "'It's all a matter of confidence, Harry. He knew why she wanted it to be all right. She still felt guilty about breaking his wand. He went back to the retort that sprang to his lips that she could take the blackthorn wand if she thought it made no difference, and he would take hers instead. Keen for them all to be friends again, however, he agreed. But when Ron gave Hermione a tentative smile, she stalked off and vanished behind her book once more. That wasn't it at all. Hold on. <laughs> I just switched chapters. All three of them returned to the tent when darkness fell, and Harry took the first watch. Sitting in the entrance, he tried to make the blackthorn wand levitate small stones at his feet, but his magic still seemed clumsier and less powerful than it had done before. Hermione was lying on her bunk, reading, while Ron, after many nervous glances up at her, had taken a small wooden wireless out of his rucksack and started to try and tune it. "'There's this one programme, he told Harry in a low voice, "'that tells the news like it really is. All the others are on you-know-whose side, the following the ministry line, but this one, you wait till you hear it, it's great. Only they can't do it every night, they have to keep changing locations in case they get a raid and... need a password to tune in. Trouble is, I missed the last one. He drummed lightly on the top of the radio with his wand, muttering random words under his breath. He threw Hermione many covert glances, plainly fearing an angry outburst, but for all the notice she took of him, he might have not been there. For ten minutes or so, Ron tapped and muttered. Hermione turned the pages of her book, and Harry continued to practice with the blackthorn wand. Finally, Hermione climbed down from her trunk. Ron ceased his tapping at once. If it's annoying you, I'll stop, he told Hermione nervously. Hermione did not deign to respond, but approached Harry. Excuse me, that word is Dane. I've been corrected on it before. Let me let me get that one. Let me get a good take of that one. Hermione did not deign to respond, but approached Harry. We need to talk, she said. He looked at the book still clutched in her hand. It was The Life and Lies of Albus Dumbledore. What? he said apprehensively. It flew through his mind that there was a cheap. It flew through his mind that there was a chapter on him in there. He was not sure he felt up to hearing Rita's version of his relationship with Dumbledore. Hermione's answer, however, was completely unexpected. I want to go and see Xenophilus Lovegood. He stared at her. Sorry. It is love, Lovegood, Luna's father, I want to go and talk to him. Uh, why? She took a deep breath, as though bracing herself, and said, It's that mark, the mark in Beetle the Bard, look at this. She thrust the life and lies of Albus Dumbledore under Harry's unwilling eyes, and he saw a photograph of the original letter that Dumbledore had written Grindelwald with Dumbledore's familiar thin, Thin, slanting handwriting. He hated seeing absolute proof that Dumbledore really had written those words, that they had not been Rita's invention. The signature, said Hermione. Look at the signature, Harry. He obeyed. For a moment he had no idea what she was talking about, but... Looking more closely, with the aid of his lit wand, he saw that Dumbledore had replaced the A of Albus with a tiny version of that same triangular mark inscribed upon the tails of Beetle the Bard. Uh, what's what's you? said Ron tentatively, but Hermione quelled him with a look and turned back to Harry. It keeps cropping up, doesn't it? she said. I know that Victor said it was Grindelwald's mark, but it definitely was on that old grave in Godric's Hollow, "'and the dates on the headstone were long before Grindelwald came along. "'And now this. "'Well, we can't ask Dumbledore or Grindwald what it means. "'I don't even know whether Grindelwald is still alive, "'but we can ask Mr. Lovegood. "'He was wearing the symbol at the wedding. "'I'm sure that this is important, Harry.' "'Harry did not answer immediately. "'He looked into her intense, eager face "'and then out into the surrounding darkness.' "'Thinking.' "'After a long pause, he said, "'Hermione, we don't need another Godric's Hollow. "'We talked ourselves into going there, and—' "'But it keeps appearing, Harry. "'Dumbledore left me the tales of Beedle the Bard. "'How do you know that we're not supposed to find out about the sign?' "'Here we go again,' Harry felt slightly exasperated. "'We keep trying to convince ourselves that Dumbledore left us secret signs and clues. "'The Deluminator turned out to be a pretty useful thing.' Up Ron. "'I think Hermione's right. "'I think we should go and see Lovegood. "'Harry threw him a dark look. "'He was sure that Ron's support of Hermione "'had little to do with his desire "'to know the meaning of a triangular rune. "'You won't be like Godric's, although,' "'Ron added. "'Lovegood's on your side, Harry. "'The quibble has been for you all along. "'Keeps telling everyone that got to help you.' "'I'm sure that this is important,' "'said Hermione earnestly.' But don't you think that if it was, Dumbledore would have told me about it before he died? Maybe. Maybe it's something that you need to find out for yourself, said Hermione, with a faint air of clutching at straws. Yeah, said Ron sycophantically. Yeah, that makes sense. No, it doesn't, snapped Hermione. But I still think that we ought to talk to Mr. Lovegood, the symbol that links Dumbledore, Grindelwald and Godric Hollow. Harry, I'm sure that we ought to know about this. "'I think we should take a vote on it,' said Ron. "'Those in favour of going to see Lovegood?' His hand flew into the air before Hermione's. Her lips quivered suspiciously as she raised her own. "'Outvoted, Harry. Sorry,' said Ron, clapping him on the back. "'Fine,' said Harry, half amused, half irritated. "'Only once we've been to see Lovegood, "'let's try and look for some more Horcruxes, shall we? "'Where do the Lovegood's live, anyway?' "'Do either of you know?' "'Eh, yeah, well, I mean, they're not far from my place,' said Ron. "'I don't know exactly where, but Mum and Dad always point toward the hills whenever they mention them. Shouldn't be too hard to find.' When Hermione had returned to her bunk, Harry lowered his voice. "'You only agreed to try and get back into her good books.' "'All's fair in love and war,' said Ron brightly. "'This is a bit of both.' Cheer up, it's the Christmas holidays. Luna will be home. <laughs> Alright, we got a chatter break. Let's go back to the library for a moment. If you're watching this on the VOD, you can go ahead and skip until you see chapter art again. But for now, just a quick little break. Um, Shadi says, I've got a serious annoyance. I thought we were family here. How was no one told me about edible cookie dough? <laughs> edible cookie dough is some good stuff. It doesn't have quite the same... It's like it's just a little less kind of rich than real cookie dough. Um, but it's some good stuff. So, folks. Jesse, thank you for the reminder. Um, and we had a couple of other ones in there, too. From uh, Frizz. Um, <laughs> from Iro. Yeah, the egg. The egg yolk, specifically. Um, really gives it some more kind of like, oomph oh boy, I wonder if there's a good substitute for that Um, y'all, y'all vegans are crafty as all heck, I'm sure you've got a good uh, alternative for it, is it flaxseed? I've heard something about flaxseed, but specifically for baking so I don't know if it like, I don't know if it would bring the richness or if it's only effective sort of in the baking process Re- what, what, what are you talking about tuna? <laughs> wrestlers drink yolk, why can't I? hmm, hmm, I'm not sure, hmm, I'm not sure that was the, hmm, <laughs> Redmill makes an egg replacer, interesting, but yeah, that's my question, would it work in the cookie dough, or does it only, look, okay, I'm sorry, we're getting, we're getting interrupted, <laughs> this is not, this is not chatter break material right here, um, folks, we have got um, a, a bit of a disagreement here, um Ron and Hermione although they're not sort of on the same page right now shall we say um they are we need a recipe channels in discord it's going to have to go an off topic i've been looking at the discord recently and realizing like it is a bit of a jungle in there um i'm i'm planning to sort of cut down perhaps on the number of extraneous channels that we've got for some for some of the newer folks it's Pretty overwhelming. Um, but we've got uh, some folks who are a bit aligned, Ron and Hermione, uh, at least in his desire to go check out this symbol. And a reminder for all of our chatter breaks here, no spoilers, um, but uh, the 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 opposing party, Harry, just doesn't see sort of the point in it. Um, now, Harry is pretty frustrated overall, and um, we can see how kind of the motivation flows from person to person here. Um, it seems like they're all three pretty much on the same page for for uh, the beginning. You know, Harry decides to leave, and Ron and Hermione are immediately there to say, "Look, we have, we already know what your, what your plan is, and we're coming with you." Um, and then it flows kind of to Harry, who seems to be the only one who's got a a good idea uh, of what to do next. Um, and then sometimes it flows to Hermione; she seems to have these sort of leads that she wants to go on um, investigating. Um, and uh right now it seems like ron is kind of the bringing the enthusiasm for the group um and uh, i think our chatter break question here is as we are uh, going on this journey um uh what do we think that it means for each of these characters to be enthusiastic about this where is their drive coming from um i like to try and keep these like as much as i can kind of uh literary questions so let's do some character analysis here um I think Ron's is a little bit more clear. It's a little bit more upfront. Um, but uh, let's uh, let's talk about their motivations. Why is it that they're able to bring these different energies at different times? Uh, Van Saves Lives says, I think Ron and Hermione are right about visiting Lovegood about the symbol. Uh, Harry seems like he's being a bit stubborn without a real reason. Uh, that's... Uh, okay, so I, I think you had even said that before I was done with my question, but it ties right in. Yeah, Van Saves Lives. And by the way, Van, have you... Um, uh, who I, I know you have a real name, and you use it over in the Discord, but I'll, I'll address you as Van here. Um, uh, uh, have you read or watched the series before? I know most people have, but some of us are experiencing it for the first time, which is cool. Um, but yeah, I'm curious, uh, and uh, mostly because that's a really excellent point. Um, Harry is being a bit stubborn, kind of without a real reason, and I think it's a reason, but it's a bad one. Um, I think what we're dealing with here is Harry is still feeling just incredibly betrayed by Dumbledore in a lot of different ways. Um, And part of this is that, you know, part of the reason why I think Hermione and Ron don't have that same um, sort of uh, that same drive to be frustrated with Dumbledore is that the the way that Dumbledore sort of um, placed responsibility on Harry um, he says that it's all right to bring in um, uh, to bring in like uh, Ron and Hermione as kind of consultants or as confidants, um, compatriots. But he doesn't give kind of directives to uh, Ron and Hermione like he does to Harry, which means that Harry has responsibility at his age, at the age that Harry is, even even before then. And I think that makes it burn all the worse when he finds that at this same age, when Dumbledore expects Harry to have things figured out, to take on this responsibility, to understand things um, that Dumbledore might not have seemingly bothered to explain, at this same age, Dumbledore was with one of the worst dark wizards of all time uh, plotting a takeover uh, of, of enormous proportions. For the greater good as they say, but, uh, we know how that turns out. Um, and let's see. says, life says no experience at all. I've never read anything or seen anything. Well, you're in for a bit of a ride. Um, have you been watching to the, uh, the back episodes or are you just jumping right in? uh gem says i think checking out the symbols are a good idea at this point uh it's as good of a uh, it's as good a lead as any of them have um drift says uh every horcrux's uh every horcrux they destroy gets closer and closer to defeating voldemort i guess that drives them yeah i think um you know some of them are still being driven by this mission but this mission has got to feel kind of distant for some of them right um i think it's a great point um, the, uh, the the mission is a drive, but we can see how some of these characters kind of flow in and out of feeling like it's important enough to keep pursuing. Um, <laughs> Stud, thank you for the recipe. Um, uh, let's see. Molly says, Harry might think Lovegood had no idea what the symbol means, like he told Crumb. It does seem like there was something about that. Saucy Pop says Ron also has to keep his energy slash vibes positive, considering he just dipped on the crew and he's lucky that they're welcoming him back. I think you are correct. And Van says it's easy to forget Dumbledore wasn't as close with Harry's friends as Harry was, uh, as, as he was with Harry, rather. Uh, during the will reading, I'd never considered how little contact he and Ron had. Yeah, they didn't end up in the same room very often, right? Uh, Shotzi says, Sam, I think there's some serious unacknowledged mourning on Harry's side. Uh, Dumbledore was the closest thing he had to a father. Like, when did he mourn? When did he have the moment? Uh, or is he stubborn and angry? It says, no wonder he's stubborn and angry. I think that's a great point. Uh, we know that Dumbledore is, you know, not just, it's not just the fact that Dumbledore is gone. It's not just that loss. But on top of that, now there's this sort of undercutting of his character. Um... And uh, so, I would say, y'all, keep in mind uh, these these ideas of motivation as we continue through our story here. Because we're going to get back into it. They had an excellent view of the village of Ottery St. Catchpole from their breezy hillside, to which they disappeared the next morning. From their high vantage point, the village looked like a collection of toy houses in the great slanting shafts of sunlight "'stretching to earth in the breaks between clouds. "'They stood for a moment or two, looking toward the burrow, "'their hands shadowing their eyes, "'but all they could make out were the high hedges and trees of the orchard, "'which afforded the crooked little houses protection from muggle eyes. "'It's weird, being this near, but not going to see them,' said Ron. "'Well, it's not like you haven't just been to visit. "'You were there for Christmas.' said Hermione coldly I wasn't at the borough said Ron with an incredulous laugh you think I was going to go back there and tell them I'd walked out on you yeah Fred and George would have been great about it and Ginny she would have been really understanding but where have you been then asked Hermione Bill and Fleur's new place Shell Cottage Bill's always been decent to me he, he, he was not impressed when he heard what I'd done but he didn't go on about it He knew that I was really sorry. None of the rest of the family knew that I was there. Bill told Mum that he and Fleur weren't going home for Christmas because they wanted to spend it alone. You know, first holiday after they were married. I don't think Fleur minded. You know how much she hates Celestina Warbeck. Ron turned his back on the burrow. Let's dry up here, he said, leading the way up over the top of the hill. They walked for a few hours. Harry, at Hermione's insistence, hidden beneath the invisibility cloak. The cluster of low hills appeared to be an uninhabited uh, spot, apart from one small cottage, which seemed deserted. "'Do you think that it's theirs and they've gone away for Christmas?' said Hermione, peering through the window at a little kitchen with geraniums on the windowsill. "'Listen, I've got a, I've got a feeling that you'd be able to tell who lived there if you'd look through the lovegood's window.' Try the next lots of hills. So they disapparated a few miles further north. Ah-ha! shouted Ron as the wind whipped through their hair and clothes. Ron was pointing upward, toward the top of the hill on which they had appeared, where a most strange-looking house rose vertically against the sky, and a great black cylinder with a ghastly moon hanging behind it in the afternoon sky. Now wait, what happened? Something went weird there. Oh. Vertically against the sky? Afternoon sky. There you go. It was a double up. That's got to be Luna's house. Who else would live in a place like that? It looks like a giant rook. It looks nothing like a bird, said Hermione, frowning over toward the tower. I was talking about a chess rook, said Ron. A castle to you? Ron's legs were the longest, and he reached the top of the hill first. When Harry and Hermione caught up with him, panting and... Clutching stitches in their sides, they found him grinning broadly. It's theirs, said Ron. Look. Three hand-painted signs had been tacked to a broken down gate. The Quibbler, editor X. Lovegood. The second sign read, pick your own mistletoe. And the third, keep off the dirigible plums. Doc, hello, welcome to Scooter Patrol. Good to have you here. The gate creaked as they opened it. The zigzagging path leading to the front door was overgrown with a variety of odd plants, including a bush covered in orange, radish-like fruit that Luna sometimes wore as earrings. Harry thought he saw a snargaluff and gave the wizened stump a wide berth. Two aged crabapple trees, bent in the wind, stripped of leaves but still heavy with berry-sized red fruits and bushy crowns of white-beaded mistletoe, stood sentinel on either side of the front door. A little owl, with a slightly flattened, hawk-like head, peered down at them from one of the branches. "'You'd better take off the invisibility cloak, Harry,' said Hermione. "'It's you that Mr. Lovegood wants to help, not us.' He did as she suggested, handing her the cloak to stow in the beaded bag. She then rapped three times on the thick black door, which was studded with iron nails and bore a knocker shaped like an eagle. Barely ten seconds passed, and the door was flung open and there stood Xenophilius Lovegood, barefoot and wearing what appeared to be a stained nightshirt. His long, white candyfloss hair was dirty and unkempt. Xenophilius had been positively dapper at Bill and Fleur's wedding by comparison. What? "'What is it? Who are you? What do you want?' he cried in a high-pitched, querulous voice, looking first at Hermione, then at Ron, and finally at Harry, upon which his mouth fell open in a perfect, comical O. And I want you all to know, as we go through this chapter, you did this. <laughs> <laughs> "'Hello, Mr. Lovegood,' said Harry, holding out his hand. "'I'm Harry. Harry Potter.' Xenophilius did not take Harry's hand, though the eye that was not pointing inward at his nose slid straight to Harry's scar on his forehead. "'Would it be okay if we came inside?' asked Harry. "'That's something that we'd like to ask you.' Huh? "'I'm not sure that's advisable,' whispered Xenophilius. He swallowed and cast a look around his garden. Hmm, "'Rather a shock.' "'My word, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid I don't really think that I ought to.' "'It won't take very long,' said Harry, "'slightly disappointed by this less-than-warm welcome. "I, uh, "'All right, then. Come in, quickly. Quickly!' They were barely over the threshold when Xenophilia slammed the door shut behind them. They were standing in the most peculiar kitchen Harry had ever seen. The room was perfectly circular.' that it felt like a giant pepper pot on the inside. Everything was curved to fit the walls, the stove, the sink, the cupboards, and all of it had been painted with flowers, insects and birds in bright primary colors. There thought he recognized Luna's style. The effect in such an enclosed space was slightly overwhelming. In the middle of the floor, a wrought iron spiral staircase led to the upper levels. There was a great deal of clattering and banging coming from overhead. Harry wondered what Luna could be doing. You better come up, said Xenophilius, still looking extremely uncomfortable, and he led the way. The room seemed to be a combination of living room and workplace, and as such was even more cluttered than the kitchen. Though much smaller and entirely round, the room somewhat resembled the room of requirement in the unforgettable occasion that had transformed into a gigantic labyrinth comprised of centuries of hidden objects. There were piles upon piles of books and papers on every surface, delicately made models of creatures Harry did not recognize, all flapping wings or snapping jaws hung from the ceiling. Luna was not there. The thing that was making such a racket was a wooden object covered in magically turning cogs and wheels. It looked like the bizarre offspring of a workbench and a set of old shells, but for a moment Harry deduced that it was an old-fashioned printing press, due to the fact that it was churning out quibblers. Excuse me, said Xenophilius as he strode over to the machine, seizing a grubby tablecloth from beneath an immense number of books and papers, all of which tumbled the... all of which tumbled to the floor, and threw it over the press, somewhat muffling the loud bangs and clatters. He then faced Harry. Why have you come here? Before Harry could speak, however, Hermione let out a small cry of shock. Mr. Lovegood, what is that? She was pointing at an enormous grey spiral horn, not unlike that of a unicorn, which had been mounted to the wall, protruding several feet into the room. "'That's the horn of a crumple horn snorkack," said Xenophilius. "'No, it isn't,' said Hermione. "'Hermione,' muttered Harry, embarrassed. "'Now's not the moment. "'But, Harry, that's in a rumpent horn. "'It's a class B tradable material, and it's extremely dangerous to have one in the house.' "'How did you know that it's in a rumpent horn?' asked Ron, edging away from the horn as fast as he could, given the extreme clutter of the room." a description in Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. Mr. Lovegood, you need to get rid of that straight away. Don't you know it can explode at the slightest touch? The crumple-horned snorkak, said Xenophilius very clearly, a mulish look upon his face, is a shy and highly magical creature, and its horn. Mr. Lovegood, I recognize the grooved markings around the base. That is an erumpent horn, and it's incredibly dangerous. I don't know where you got it. I bought it said Xenophilius dogmatically. Two weeks ago, from a delightful young man who knew of my interest in the exquisite snorkak, Christmas surprise for my Luna. Now, he said, turning to Harry, why exactly have you come here, Mr. Potter? We need some help, said Harry, before Hermione could start again. Um, I, said Xenophilius. Help. <clears> hmm. <throat> His good eye moved again to Harry's scar, he seemed simultaneously terrified and mesmerized. Yeah, the thing is, helping Harry Potter, rather dangerous. Aren't you the one who keeps telling people that it's their first duty to help Harry? Said Ron. And that magazine of yours? Zenophilius glanced at him. Xenophilius glanced behind him at the concealed printing press, still banging and clattering beneath the tablecloth. Mm, "'Yeah, I, I have expressed that view. However, that's for everyone else to do, not you personally,' said Ron. Xenophilius did not answer. He kept swallowing, his eyes darting between the three of them. Harry had the impression he was undergoing some painful internal struggle." where's Luna? asked Hermione let's see what she thinks then Ophelius gulped he seemed to be stealing himself finally he said in a shaky voice difficult to hear over the noise of the printing press Luna is down to the stream f- fishing for freshwater plimpies she she would like to see you I'll go and call her and then yeah very well I, I will try to help you Sorry. he disappeared down the spiral staircase and they heard the front door open and close they looked at each other cowardly old walt said ron loon has got ten times his guts he's probably worried what'll happen to them if the death eaters find i was there said harry well i agree with ron said hermione Awful old hypocrite telling everyone else it's their job to help you and trying to worm out of it himself. And for heaven's sake, keep away from that horn. Harry he crossed to the window on the far side of the room. He could see a stream, a thin, glittering ribbon, lying far below them at the base of the hill. They were very high up. A bird fluttered past the window as he stared in the direction of the burrow, now invisible beyond another line of hills. Jinny was over there somewhere. They were closer to each other today than they had been since Bill and Fleur's wedding, but she could have no idea he was gazing toward her now, thinking of her. He supposed he ought to be glad of it. Anyone who came into contact was in danger. Xenophilius' attitude proved that. He turned away from the window, and his gaze fell upon another peculiar object standing on the cluttered, curved sideboard. A stone bust of a beautiful but austere-looking witch, wearing a most bizarre-looking headdress, two objects that resembled golden ear trumpets, curved out from the sides. A tiny pair of glittering blue wings was stuck to a feather strap that... Oh, let's try that again. Stuck to a leather strap that ran over the top of her head, which one of the orange radishes had been stuck to a second strap around her forehead. Look at this. Fetching, said Ron. Surprised that you didn't wear that to the wedding. They heard the front door close, and a moment later, Xenophilius had climbed back up the spiral staircase into the room, his thin legs now encased in wellington boots, bearing a tray of ill-assorted teacups and a steaming teapot. "'Nah. You spotted my pet invention,' he said, shoving the tray into Hermione's arms and joining Harry at the statue's side. "'Modeled, fittingly enough, on the head of the beautiful Rowan Ravenclaw.' "'Wit beyond measure is man's greatest treasure,' he indicated the objects like ear trumpets. "'These are the Raxbert siphons that remove all sources of distraction from the thinker's immediate area. Here,' he pointed out the tiny wings, a billywig propeller to induce an elevated frame of mind. Finally,' he pointed to the orange radish, the dirigible plum, so as to enhance the ability to accept the extraordinary.' Xenophilius strode back to the tea tray, which Hermione had managed to balance precariously on one of the cluttered side tables. We offer you an infusion of gertie roots, said Xenophilius. We make it ourselves. As he started to pour out the drink, which was deeply purple as beetroot juice, he added, Luna's down at the bottom bridge. She's most excited that you're here. "'She might not be too long. "'She's nearly caught enough, Plimpies, to make soup for all of us. "'Do sit down and help yourselves to sugar.' "'Now,' he removed a tottering pile of papers from an armchair and sat down, "'his wellingtoned boots crossed. "'How may I help you, Mr. Potter?' "'Well,' said Harry, glancing at Hermione, who nodded encouragingly, "'it's about that symbol that you were wearing around your neck.' Bill and Flo's wedding Mr. Lovgood. I wondered what it meant then Ophelius raised his eyebrows are you referring to the sign of the Deathly Hallows and that's the end of our chapter feels like a bit of a weird spot doesn't it it feels a little weird it feels a little weird to me I guess I'll say (laughs) it feels a, a bit odd to me um. <laughs> and Kit says, Mr. Luffgood's voice is just, well, it's something else. I'm glad you think so, I hope. <laughs> Kit. <laughs> um, thank you for delivering some of the imagery into the, uh, into the Discord. Uh, Saucy says, I was really nervous about having to write an essay tonight. Luckily, listening to, to sidecar stories really helped me calm down, and I can't think of a better way to get chugging on this paper than to hang out with you guys while I work. <laughs> Thanks for reading every week. You're very welcome, Saucy Pops. Good luck on your paper. Um, uh, what is it you're writing about? If it's literary, then we'll, maybe we can consider whatever you're writing about for our next uh, vintage sidecar. Otherwise, I can't help you, frankly. If it has if anything to do with any other subject, I'm going to be less helpful. History, I I might be kind of useful with, but uh, if we get into some of the, the harder sciences, definitely not. Emily says, same here, but my mom says, use uh, your darn nose, child, because I ain't measuring nothing, I see, I, I, I'm still at a phase where I have to measure everything, most stuff, most stuff, not everything, everything, but uh, there are very few things that I can just cheese it like that, um, (laughs) Saucy says, I'm writing about information and decision sciences for my major. Fantastic. I've got a pretty good grip on it right now, but thank you for the help. (laughs) No problem. You're very welcome. Um, Yeah, folks, we are in the middle of our two chapters, which means I'm going to give us a chatter break question, and then I'm going to take a quick break for myself because, uh, well, I need to. I need it for my voice. I need to uh, make sure that I'm keep myself hydrated, uh, let's see, Wildcard, hi, haven't caught up on the YouTube vids, so I had to mute until the first chat break, <laughs> sounds good, yeah, it's good to have you here, uh, this is funny, I don't think I've had anyone in before who has so actively decided, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna be here, but I'm gonna mute it, so, uh, Wildcard, thank you very, very much, I appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, and thanks for the reminders, everyone. Gotta hydrate. Wildcard, thank you! (laughs) Just showing up and immediately like, hey, I'm here and I've got this. Just sort of kicking in the door. Uh, like an old, (laughs) like an old, like an old western. Um, yes, you nailed it. And, uh, Wildcard, thank you very much. I appreciate the generosity. Now, everyone, let's talk chapter. Van Says Live says, it's crazy to finally know what the book title is in reference to. Uh, Yeah, you've probably been hearing this around for a while. As a matter of fact, you have probably seen this symbol that's going to come up in in one of our following chapters. Well, one of our following scenes here. Um, uh, That's some self-control. Knowing that Sam is reading but not giving in. Yeah, it, it, it does make me glad that I have chosen to set it up like this. Sometimes I'm like, eh, we should we should hang out in something that's a little bit more visually interesting, but I think keeping it divided between here and there gives people a chance to mute it at different parts if they need to. Uh, For instance, right now, y'all might be muting it or skipping ahead if you're in the VOD later on. Um... To uh, the next time you see chapter art, and so you know I'm I'm reading again. But you've given hours of entertainment, says Wildcard. Um, it has been a lot, hasn't it? I I sort of started to realize that as I'm started to fill up this uh, one terabyte hard drive with a whole bunch of footage from uh, almost three years of reading Harry Potter. Now, <laughs> oh boy, uh, it's way too fun being in the sidecar. Shotzi, I am glad you think so. And uh, Molly Wobbles Junior. Uh, I think I said it to Molly Wobbles before but you and uh uh and uh both of you Molly Wobbles and Molly Wobbles Jr. I'm very glad to have y'all here and welcome to Scooter Patrol um uh, Wildcard, uh, it's good to have you here, and, uh, for everyone else, Doc, who just followed, I think, in the middle of the chapter, uh, welcome to Scooter Patrol, it's great to have you here in the sidecar, um, we'll move over and make a little bit of room, but hold on tight, because this thing is janky as all heck. Uh, so Sam, Cooking Group, I'm not sure y'all are gonna be able to convince me about this one, like I said, I gotta pair the Discord down so it's easier to navigate, and, uh... I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, if uh, some folks like start to, start to share a few things, but I don't know that it will be enough that it warrants putting a whole new thing in there. Uh, I would encourage y'all to share those. Um, uh, you know what? One thing I could do because it would make it easier. I could include like a recipe roll. That way you can ping people um, when you're posting something like that that might work. That might be easier because then it wouldn't require people to like learn new stuff. So um, that might be a possibility. <laughs> Get them, says Emily Rose. <laughs> oh boy. All right. I will be thinking about it. I will definitely be thinking about it. Uh, a good option for where we might share recipes around. Maybe we'll do like, a, I don't know. Maybe we need like a hashtag for it or something. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to see. Now, for real though, let's talk chapter. Uh, yeah, Kit says I agree. It's getting a little busy. Uh, we could always start a new Discord. Yeah, just just split them in half. Well, how would we divide things up? <laughs> just, just all right, right down the middle. You guys on the left, go ahead to the new Discord. You folks on the right, you stay here. Um, but uh, I think uh, we have gone through um, we've gone through a substantial enough time with uh, with these characters to know. How each of them are starting to feel in this moment. We talked a little bit about motivations earlier, um, and I think we are we're back in a, a situation where we're dealing with different folks doing different things for different reasons. Um, we've got a new person here, Xenophilius, who I don't know that we um, I, I don't know that we have a a great understanding of Xenophilius's motivations, right? Um, we know that for some reason, Xenophilius is one of the few folks who really wants to, um, who, who really wants to be helpful um, to Harry for the most part. And then now Harry is here, and I think, I think we expected something a little bit warmer, right? A bit warmer of a welcome. Um, and uh, again, no spoilers, uh, but. Uh, for folks like uh, Luna and folks like Xenophilius, what do we think of this this family and where their motivations might lie? What are the things that these characters want just from the world? Not necessarily um, as a result specifically of the activities of Harry um, and this group here, but, you know, what are the things that drive um, Luna and the things that drive Xenophilius? Once again, no spoilers, but... Um, I am going to be back in just a moment. I'm going to take a quick five minute break, and then when I do come back, I'm going to read through some answers back here, and then we will get into our next chapter, folks. Thank you very much for joining me, and for anyone who's new here, hi, my name is Sam. This is Sidecar Stories, and tonight is Flying Sidecar. Uh, It is a voice actor's venture through some things that we all love, some stories we all love, and uh, right now we're reading Deathly Hallows of the Harry Potter. Deathly Hallows of Harry Potter fame. (laughs) I'm glad you're all here. I'll be back in five minutes to read some answers. It's been awesome. I'll see y'all in just a sec. Hello everyone. I'm back, which means we got a break questions to talk about. Um, So I'm seeing a couple of things here. First of all, (laughs) uh, Jade says uh, Xenophilus seems odd and disheveled. He's weirding me out. Kit says he's not his usual self. Very suspect. Um, Yeah, he seemed really upbeat at the wedding, didn't he? Shehanigan says, Discord seems to stream better. Fair enough. Uh, Tuna says, they are my favorites, uh, because not only are they quirky, but they generally are right about the different creatures and things that they see. Uh, Sure, so observant, they're very open-minded in general. And part of that, I would say, is you know probably contributes to this um uh to what we talked about before our chatter break which is what are the things that sort of drive um xenophilius and luna what do the love goods want from the world not from this story specifically but from the world um and uh yeah it seems like a a strong desire to kind of go against um uh to be open to things outside of what is commonly accepted now Um, do I think they're right about all these things, all these things? I don't know. I tend to take sort of a more Hermione-ish approach to things. Um, and, uh, my preference is to go based on proof, but we can see that, you know, the, uh, what is commonly accepted in this world right now, especially journalistically, is that Harry is kind of a bad guy. Uh, undesirable number one, I believe they've called him. Um, that was what was on the poster back in the, uh, Ministry of Magic up in, um, uh, Umbridge's room. And that's, I mean, that's sort of the, it sounds like that is the tack being taken by most of the Wizarding World. And yet, not so with the Lovegood newspaper. It seems like their openness to accept things sort of outside of the, uh, outside of the norm have um, served to uh, tell the truth. Strange combination. It's interesting. Um... <laughs> Get that owl. Get that out, Luis. uh Halith says they embrace the strange because people always think that they're weird, and yeah, I think maybe people think that they're weird because they embrace the strange, but it does turn into kind of a loop, doesn't it? They are you know they 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 seem comfortable with who they are at the end of the day um they don't mind that loop of sort of accepting odd things and therefore being a little bit odd and um uh <laughs> I have to tell us if shehanigans makes it back to discord, okay shehanigans Shanigans, are you here? Are you with us? <laughs> uh, Kit says they want to challenge thinking and find uh, wonder and hope and newness in the world around them. Yeah, it seems like that is a good underlying current. And uh, it seems like that instinct carries Luna pretty well in terms of the people that she, um, she spends time with. Who does she get close to? Well, some of the, most, sort of the most good-hearted people that we interact with. It seems like Luna has a pretty good instinct for finding those folks. Van Saves Lies says, uh, Love Goods seem to believe in their own truth, which is a great way to view the world. Um, uh, (laughs) Good luck, Luis. Let's see. What else? What else? What else? Brittle Shroom. Luna's my favorite. She's the uh, character I identify with her the most. Um, Brittle Shroom, I don't think I've seen your name pop up in chat before. So hello. Good to have you here. Uh, R. Maria. Hi. Welcome to Finally Live. Welcome to Finally Being Here Live. Wonderful. Uh, It's good to have you here. Let's see what else. I gotta keep scrolling up. Um, Hogwarts TP says to answer the chat question. I'm not entirely sure of the Lovegoods' motivation. I think they're genuinely good people, and they want to help Harry to fight the good fight. I think Papa Lovegood might know more than he lets on, and I guess because of his quirkiness, people will not be open to listening to him. Yeah, there's definitely sort of um, people people make it, people um, uh, sort of go by their first impressions when it comes to the Lovegoods, right? They look a little odd. They have some odd, uh, maybe customs, and it looks like people kind of see that and just sort of go by that. Um, but uh, I am thankful for the folks um, who see beyond that because I was a you know a bit of an oddball in middle school, and that was the time when I really needed kind of. Uh, I I needed other folks the most and uh, there were definitely people in, uh, honestly, even more so in high school uh, who were willing to kind of see beyond that and and say, hey we're cool with it either way just come hang out don't be bad, and we'll be fine Um, Holly Rose says, I love how unapologetic Luna is about her interests and personality she's not afraid to own who she is and that inspires me there is definitely something fantastic about that um you know that she she has some things that she likes and and uh, she's willing to stick with those. Alright. Now. Uh Brittle Shroom says I am I am new. Been listening to you before I got to bed uh oh before I got to bed here in Japan. It's so weird to listen to you while trying to wake up, but it's worth it. We'll fight the lull to sleep. Good luck to you. Um I know my my dulcet tones eventually will uh, get the better of you. Hopefully not, but hey, maybe. <laughs> All right, now, with that said, folks, I think that's a good, I think it's a good discussion. We've had about some, some motivations here, fantastique. Uh, Wildcard, have a great night, I'll see you later on. Um, and folks, if anyone is new here, hi, my name is Sam, this is Sidecar Stories, and we are about to commence on chapter 21, which means we need to do a quick review of chapter 20, uh, for those of you who might've missed some things. Um, we have just come off of chapter 20, Xenophilius Lovegood, wherein Ron is back. Hermione's still not uh, sort of opening up to him, she still seems very angry with him. Um, but Harry is um, feeling a bit better about the whole prospect and is able to get some decent information about the wizarding world at large. Um, sort of what's going on outside of his little uh, bubble of uh, being cut off, right? And uh, it sounds like the the general tack is that Harry's a bad guy, undesirable, undes- was it undesirable number one? I think I'm saying that correctly. Um, and that, uh, and that he's, you know, he's being hunted. We know this. Um, one thing we didn't know before is that there is something called a taboo, which is apparently a spell um, that has been cast on Voldemort's name. It's a pretty effective system because what it does is it breaks down protective enchantments and allows uh, allows folks to kind of track those who are saying it. Um, it's very effective, because most of the folks who say Voldemort's name out loud, as opposed to he who must not be named, or uh, what have you, um, most of the folks who use his full name are Order members. It's a pretty good trick to find them, and it seems that is how they tracked Harry down um, uh, immediately after the, um, uh, after the wedding. Tottenham Court Ro- Tottenham Court Road. That's how they tracked down Harry. Um, which, by the way, for a long time, like for some reason, that had stuck with me while I was reading it. And throughout all these chapters, I had still been wondering why it is that they had just, like was it really just a, ha- a happenstance um, that they had found Harry and Hermione and Ron in that little little cafe apparently not. Uh, Vance's Live says, could they put a taboo on nicknames, too? That's a good question, but the more that I read these books, and we had a bit of a discussion about this before uh, in the Discord um, a couple of weeks ago, might have even been months ago, I don't know at this point, time moves strangely. Um, uh, basically, everything magical seems to be tied to something living, and I'm guessing that... Uh, the taboo really only works on sort of the true name of an individual. Uh, I have no way to confirm or deny this, but that would be sort of my guess as to why, like, because it does seem like the simple answer would be, like, yeah, put it on Voldemort, and also, he who must not be named. Although I guess, no, I guess the, the, the counter there wouldn't necessarily need to be magical, it would be simply that everyone else is using the nickname, and so you would just get pings from everywhere in the wizarding world all the time. Um, and it wouldn't differentiate between, like, uh, the the reason why Voldemort is significant is because most people don't say Voldemort, they use the nicknames, that's probably why it is, there we go, (laughs) that's probably why it is, but I do like, um, we we have had this discussion about how all magical things, including, like, potions and, um, uh, you know, wand uh, building materials, it's all tied to living things, right? There's never, like, we don't see anything in terms of, like, magic crystals or anything, as far as I know. It's all, you know, even, like, even something like a bezior is something that comes from a goat. It's not, like, a a magical stone of some kind. Um, Of course, things can be enchanted, but it seems like there's a strong tie to sort of the energies of life uh, in magic. So um, let's see, they decide to go and visit Xenophilius Lovegood, um, they head out, we learn that Ron was not at his home, not at the burrow during the break, um, and, uh, it seems that, um, he had spent the time with Bill instead, um, he gives a pretty good reason why, he did not want to admit to his family that he had, you know, left Harry and Hermione kind of in the lurch. He decided not to uh, not to head home, and instead spent some time with Bill and Fleur at their little cottage. Uh, I believe it's called Shell Cottage. And um, uh, they head to Xenophilius Lovegood's place. Um, Xenophilius Lovegood meets them at the door. Uh, Luna is apparently out back uh, fishing for some plimpies, some freshwater plimpies to make soup. Um, now, what these things are, we don't know. But um, the uh, the the atmosphere here is a little bit tense. Um, Xenophilius reacts, um, strangely, uh, for, for someone who seems to have been on Harry's side for such a long time, um, he seems to be pretty disheveled and doesn't seem to, he, he's kind of hesitant to help Harry, um, in spite of the fact that his paper has been printing that it's people's responsibility to help Harry any way that they can, uh, for a long time now, since, like, book five, um. And finally, he agrees to help them after kind of stealing his nerves. um, uh, Luna should be in shortly, and they get on the subject of this symbol. This symbol that they've seen popping up all over the place. Apparently, this symbol is the symbol of the Deathly Hallows. And that is where we're going to begin. Again, folks, thank you very much for being with me here today. Uh, I love y'all, and if you've got something you'd like to talk about, go ahead and put it into chat, because I would love to talk about it either during a chatter break or after our chapter is over. Let's proceed, shall we? Chapter 21 The Tale of the Three Brothers Harry turned to look at Ron and Hermione. Neither of them seemed to have understood what Xenophilius had said. The Deathly Hallows. That's right, said Xenophilius. You haven't heard of them. I'm not surprised. Very, very few wizards believe. Witness that knuckle-headed young man at your brother's wedding. He nodded at Ron, who attacked me for sporting the symbol of a well known dark wizard. Such ignorance. There's nothing dark about the Hallows, at least, not in that crude sense. One simply uses the symbol to reveal oneself to other believers in hopes that they might help one with the quest. He stirred several lumps of sugar into his gertie root infusion and drank some. I'm sorry, said Harry. I still really don't understand." To be polite, he took a sip from his cup, too, and almost gagged. The stuff was quite disgusting, as though someone had liquidized boogie flavored every flavor beans. "'Well, you see, believers seek the Deathly Hallows,' said Xenophilius, smacking his lips in apparent appreciation of the Gertie Root infusion. "'But what are the Deathly Hallows?' asked Hermione. Xenophilius set aside his empty cup. I assume that you're all familiar with the tale of the three brothers. Harry said, No, but Ron and Hermione both said, Yes. Xenophilius nodded gravely. Well, well, Mr. Potter, the whole thing starts with the tale of the three brothers. I've got a copy around somewhere. He glanced vaguely around the room at the piles of parchment and books, but Hermione said, I've got a copy, Mister Lovegood. I've got it right here. And she pulled out the tales of Beetle the Bard from the small beaded bag. The original? Inquired Xenophilius sharply. And when she nodded, he said, "Well then, why don't you read it aloud? Much the best way to make sure that we all understand." Um, all right," said Hermione nervously. She opened the book, and Harry saw that the symbol that they were investigating headed the top of the page, as she gave a little cough and began to read. There were once three brothers who were travelling along a lonely, winding road at twilight. Midnight, our mum always told us, said Ron, who had stretched out, arms behind his head, to listen. Hermione shot him a look of annoyance. Sorry, I just i think it's a bit spookier if it's midnight, said Ron. "'Yes, because we really need a bit more fear in our lives,' said Harry before he could stop himself. Xenophilius did not seem to be paying much attention, but was staring out of the window at the sky. "'Go on, Hermione.' "'In time, the brothers reached a river too deep to wade through and too dangerous to swim across. However, these brothers were learned in the magical arts, so they simply waved their wands and made a bridge appear across the treacherous water.' They were halfway across it when they found their path blocked by a hooded figure. And Death spoke to them. ''Sorry,'' interjected Harry, ''but Death spoke to them?'' ''It's a fairy tale, Harry. ''Right. Sorry. Go on.'' And Death spoke to them. He was angry that he had been cheated out of his three new victims, for travellers were usually drowned in the river. But Death was cunning. He pretended to congratulate the three brothers upon their magic, and said that each had earned a prize for having been so clever to evade him. So the eldest brother, who was a combative man, asked for a wand more powerful than any in existence, a wand that must always win duels for its owner, a wand worthy of a wizard who had conquered death. So death crossed to an elder tree on the banks of the river, fashioned a wand from a branch that hung there, and gave it to the eldest brother." Then the second brother who was an arrogant man decided he wanted to humiliate death still further and asked for the power to recall others from death so death picked up a stone from the river bank and gave it to the second brother and told him that the stone would have the power to bring back the dead and then death asked the third and youngest brother what he would like the youngest brother was the humblest and also the wisest of the three brothers and he did not trust death So he asked for something that would enable him to go further, to go forth from that place, without being followed by Death. And Death, most unwillingly, handed over his own cloak of invisibility. Death's got an invisibility cloak. Harry interrupted again. So that he can sneak up on people, said Ron. Sometimes he gets bored of running at them, flapping his arms and shrieking. Sorry, Amani? Then Death stood aside, and allowed the three brothers to continue on their way, and they did so, talking with wonder of the adventure that they had had, and admiring Death's gifts. In due course the brothers separated, each for his own destination. The first brother travelled for a week or so more, reaching a distant village, sought out a fellow wizard with whom he had a quarrel. Naturally, the Elder Wand, as his weapon, he could not fail to win the duel that uh, that followed, leaving his enemy dead upon the floor oldest brother proceeded to an inn where he boasted loudly of the powerful wand that he had snatched from death himself and how it had made him invincible that very night another wizard crept upon the eldest brother as he lay wine-sodden upon his bed the thief took the wand and for good measure slit the eldest brother's throat and so death took the first brother for his own meanwhile the second brother journeyed to his own home where he lived alone there he took out the stone, and, as it had the power to recall the dead, he turned it thrice in his hand. To his amazement and his delight, the figure of the girl that he had once hoped to marry, before her untimely death, appeared at once before him. And yet she was sad and cold, separated from him as by a veil. Though she had returned to the mortal world, she did not truly belong there, and she suffered. Finally the second brother, driven mad with hopeless longing, killed himself so as to truly join her. And so death took the second brother for his own. But though though death searched for the third brother for many years, he was never able to find him. It was only when he had attained a great age that the youngest brother finally took off the cloak of invisibility and gave it to his son. Then he greeted death as an old friend, and went with him gladly, and equals, they departed this life. Hermione closed the book. It was a moment or two before Xenophilius seemed to realize she had stopped reading. Then he withdrew his gaze from the window and said, Well, there you are. Sorry, said Hermione, sounding confused. Those are the Deathly Hallows, said Xenophilius. He picked up a quill from a packed table at his elbow and pulled a torn piece of parchment from between the books. The Elder Wand. He drew a straight vertical line upon the parchment. The Resurrection Stone, he said, and he added a circle at the top of the line. The Cloak of Invisibility, he finished, enclosing both line and circle in a triangle to make it so that The symbol, oh, excuse me, to make the symbol that so intrigued Hermione. Together, he said, the Deathly Hallows. But there's no mention of the words Deathly Hallows in the story, said Hermione. Well, of course not, said Xenophilius, maddeningly smug. That's a children's tale told to amuse rather than to instruct. Those of us who understand these matters, however... Recognize that the ancient story refers to three objects, or hallows, which, if united, will make the possessor the master of death. There was a short silence in which Xenophilius glanced out of the window. Already the sun was low in the sky. Luna ought to have enough plimpies soon, he said quietly. When you say master of death, said Ron, "'Master,' said Xenophilius, waving an airy hand. "'Conqueror, vanisher—vanisher, vanisher, vanquisher, whichever term you prefer.' "'But then, do you mean—' said Hermione slowly, and Harry could tell she was trying to keep any trace of skepticism out of her voice. "'That you believe these objects, these hallows, actually exist?' Xenophilius raised his eyebrows again. "'Well, of course.' "'Well, of course.' "'But,' said Hermione, and Harry could hear her restraint starting to crack. "'Mr. Lovegood, how could you possibly believe?' "'Luna has told me about you, young lady,' said Zinophilius. "'You are, I gather, not unintelligent, but painfully limited, narrow, close-minded.' "'Perhaps you ought to try on the hats, Hermione.' said Ron, nodding toward the ludicrous headdress. His voice shook with the strain of not laughing. "'Mr. Lovegood,' Hermione began again, "'we all know that there are such things as invisibility cloaks. They are rare, but they exist.' "'Ah, but the third halo is a true cloak of invisibility, Miss Granger. I mean to say, it's not a travelling cloak imbued with a disillusionment charm, or carrying a bedazzling hex, or else woven from Demiguy's hair, which will hide one initially but fade with the years till it turns opaque.' We are talking about a cloak that really and truly renders the wearer completely invisible and endures internally, giving constant and impenetrable concealment no matter what spells are cast on it. How many spells have you ever seen like that, Hermione? Let's try that again. Miss Granger. (laughs) Hermione opened her mouth to answer, then closed it again, looking more confused than ever. She, Harry, and Ron glanced at one another, and Harry knew they were all thinking the same thing. It so happened that a cloak exactly like the one Xenophilius had just described was in the room with them at that very moment. Exactly, said Xenophilius, as if he had just defeated them all in a reasoned argument. None of you have ever seen such a thing. The possessor would be immeasurably rich, would he not? He glanced out of the window again. The sky was now tinged with the faintest trace of pink. All right, said Hermione, disconcerted. Say the cloak existed. What about the stone, Mr. Lovegood? The thing that you called the Resurrection Stone? What of it? Well, how can that be real? Prove that it is not, said Xenophilius. Hermione looked outraged. But that's... I'm sorry, that's completely ridiculous. How can I possibly prove it doesn't exist do you expect me to get a hold of, of all the pebbles in the world and test them i mean you could claim anything's real if the only basis for believing it is that you nobody's proved that it doesn't exist yes you could said xenophilius glad you see you're opening your mind a little so the elder wand said harry quickly before her mind could retort you think that exists too Oh, well, in that case, there's endless evidence, said Xenophilius. The Elder Wand is the hallow that is the most easily traced, because of the way it passes from hand to hand. Which is what? asked Harry. Which is that the possessor of the wand must capture it from its previous owner, if he is to truly be the master of it, said Xenophilius. Surely you've heard the way the wand came to... "'Egbert the Egregious after his slaughter, "'of Emric the Evil, "'of how Godalot died in his own cellar "'after his son, Hareward, took the wand from him, "'of the dreadful Loxius, "'who took the wand from Barnabas Deverell, "'whom he had killed. "'The bloody trail of the Elder Wand "'is splattered across the pages of wizarding history.' "'Harry glanced at Hermione.' She was frowning at Xenophilius, but she did not contradict him. "'So where do you think the Elder Wand is now?' asked Ron. "'Alas, who knows?' said Xenophilius, as he gazed out of the window. "'Who knows where the Elder Wand lies hidden? "'The trail goes cold with Arcus and Livius. "'Who can say which of them really defeated Loxius, and which one took the wand? "'And who can say who may have defeated them?' History, alas, does not tell us. There was a pause. Finally, Hermione said stiffly, Mr. Lovecourt, does the Peverell family have anything to do with the Deathly Hallows? Xenophilius looked taken aback as something shifted in Harry's memory, but he could not locate it. Peverell. He had heard that name before. Mm, but you have been misleading me, young woman,' said Xenophilius, "'now sitting up much straighter in his chair and goggling at Hermione. "'I thought that you were new to the Hallows' quest. "'Many of us questers believe the Peverils have everything, "'everything to do with the Hallows.' "'Who who are the Peverells?' asked Ron. "'That was the name on the grave with the mark on it, in Godric's Hollow,' said Hermione, "'still watching Xenophilius.' "'Ignotus Peveril. "'Exactly,' said Xenophilius, his forefinger raised pedantically. "'The sign of the Deathly Hallows on Ignotus's grave is conclusive proof.' "'Of what?" asked Ron. "'What? That the three brothers were actually the three Peveril brothers, Antioch, Cadmus, and Ignotus. That they were the original owners of the Hallows.' With another glance at the window, he got to his feet. Picked up the tray and headed for the spiral staircase. Will you stay for dinner? He called as he vanished downstairs again. Everybody always requests our recipe for freshwater plimpy soup. Thank you, Molly Wells Jr. Welcome to Storytime MC. "'Probably to show the poisoning department at St. Mungo's,' said Ron, under his breath. Harry waited until they could hear Xenophilius moving about in the kitchen downstairs, before replying. "'What do you think?' he asked Hermione. "'Oh, Harry,' she said wearily, "'it's a pile of utter rubbish. "'This can't be what the sign really means. "'It must just be his weird take on it. "'What a waste of time.' ''I suppose this is the man who brought us crumple-horned snow cacks. said Ron. ''You don't believe it either?'' Perry asked him. Nah, no, it's just that story's one of those things that you tell kids to teach them lessons, isn't it? Don't go looking for trouble, don't pick fights, don't go messing with stuff that's best left alone. Just keep your head down, mind your business, you'll be okay.'' ''Come to think of it,'' Ron added, ''maybe that story is why elder ones are supposed to be unlucky?'' "'What are you talking about?' "'It's one of those superstitions, isn't it? "'May-born witches will marry muggles. jinx by twilight, undone by midnight. Uh, uh, "'Wand of elder, never prosper. "'You must have heard of them. "'My mum's full of them.' "'Harry and I were raised by muggles,' Hermione reminded him. "'We were taught different superstitions.' "'She sighed deeply as a rather pungent smell drifted up from the kitchen.' The one good thing about her exasperation with Xenophilius was that it seemed to have made her forget that she was annoyed with Ron. "'I think you're right,' she told him. "'It's just a morality tale. "'It's obvious which gift is best, which one you would choose.' All three of them spoke at the same time. Hermione said, "'The cloak,' Ron said, "'The wand,' and Harry said, "'The stone.' They looked at each other, half surprised, half amused.' You're supposed to say the cloak, Ron told Hermione, but you wouldn't need to be invisible if you had the wand. An unbeatable wand, Hermione, come on. We've already got an invisibility cloak, said Harry, and it's helped us rather a lot in case you hadn't noticed, said Hermione, whereas the wand would be bound to attract trouble. Only if you shouted about it, argued Ron. only if you were... a." "'Frat enough to go dancing around, waving it over your head, singing, "'I've got an unbeatable wand, come and have a go, if you think you're hard enough.' "'As long as he kept your trap shut.' "'Yes, but could you keep your trap shut?' said Hermione, looking sceptical. "'You know, the only thing that he said to us was that there have been stories about extra-powerful wands for hundreds of years.' "'It was the only true thing that he said.' "'Wait, there have?' said Harry.' Her mind looked exasperated. The expression was so endearingly familiar that Harry and Ron grinned at each other. The Deathstick, the Wand of Destiny, they crop up in different names through the centuries, usually in possession of some dark wizard who's boasting about them. Professor Binns mentioned some of them, but... Oh, it's all nonsense. Wands are only as powerful as the wizards who use them. Some wizards just like to boast that theirs are bigger and better than most people's. But how do you know, said Harry, that those wands... "'The Death Stick, the Wand of Destiny, aren't the same wand, "'surfacing over centuries under different names?' "'And what if they're all really the Elder Wand, made by Death?' asked Ron. "'Harry laughed. "'The strange idea that had just occurred to him was, after all, ridiculous. "'His wand, he reminded himself, had been of Holly, not Elder, "'and it had been made by Ollivander. "'Whatever it had done the night Voldemort had pursued him across the skies.' And if it had been unbeatable, how could it have been broken? "'So why would you take the stone?' Ron asked him. "'Well, if you could bring people back, we could have Sirius, Mad-Eye, Dumbledore, my parents.' Neither Ron nor Hermione smiled. "'But according to Beatle the Bard, they wouldn't want to come back, would they?' said Harry thinking about the tale they had just heard. I don't suppose there have been loads of other people, stories about a stone that can raise the dead, have there? He asked Hermione. No. She replied sadly. I don't think anyone except for Mr. Lovegood could kid themselves that that's possible. Beadle probably took the idea from the Sorcerer's Stone, you know. Instead of a stone to make you immortal, a stone to reverse death. The smell from the kitchen was getting stronger. It was something like... "'Burning underpants, Harry wondered whether it would be possible "'to eat enough of whatever Xenophilius was cooking to spare his feelings. "'What about the cloak, though?' said Ron slowly. "'Don't you realise he's right? "'I've got so used to Harry's cloak and how good it is, I never stop to think. "'I've never heard of one like Harry's. It's, it's, "'It's infallible. "'We've never been spotted under it.' "'Of course not. We're invisible when we're under it, Ron.' "'But all the stuff that he said about other cloaks, "'that they're not exactly ten and not, you know, it's true. "'It's never occurred to me before, "'but I've heard loads of stuff about charms "'wearing off of cloaks when they get old, "'or they being ripped apart by spells so they've got holes in. Harry's was owned by his dad, so it's not exactly new, "'but it's just, it's, it's, it's perfect. "'Yes, all right, Ron, but the stone?' "'As they argued in whispers, Harry moved around the room, "'only half listening.' Reaching the spiral stair, he raised his eyes absently to the next level and was distracted at once. His own face was looking back at him from the ceiling of the room above. After a moment's bewilderment, he realized that it was not a mirror, but a painting. Curious, he began to climb the stairs. Harry, what are you doing? I don't think you should look around when he's not here. But Harry had already reached the next level luna had decorated her bedroom ceiling with five beautifully painted faces harry ron hermione Ginny, and neville they were not moving as the portraits at hogwarts moved but there was a certain magic about them all the same harry thought they breathed what appeared to be fine golden chains wove around the pictures linking them together but after examining them for a minute or so Harry realized the chains were actually one word, repeated a thousand times in golden ink. Friends. 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 Harry felt a great rush of affection for Luna. He looked around the room. There was a large photograph beside the bed of a young Luna and a woman who looked very much like her. They were hugging Luna looked rather better groomed in this picture than Harry had ever seen her in life. The picture was dusty. This struck Harry as slightly odd. He turned around. Something was wrong. The pale blue carpet was also thick with dust. There were no clothes in the wardrobe, whose doors stood ajar. The bed had a cold, unfriendly look, as though it had not been slept in for weeks. A single cobweb stretched over the nearest window across a blood-red sky. "'What's wrong?' Hermione asked Harry as he descended the staircase, but before he could respond, Xenophilius reached the top of the stairs from the kitchen, now holding a tray laden with bowls. "'Mr. Lovegood?' said Harry. "'Where's Luna?' "'Excuse me?' "'Where is Luna?' Xenophilius stopped on the top step. I've I've already told you. She's down at Bottom Bridge, fishing for plimpies. So why have you only laid out that tray for full? Xenophilius tried to speak, but no sound came out. The only noise was the continued chugging of the printing press, and a slight rattle from the tray as Xenophilius' hands shook. "'I don't think Luna's been here for weeks,' said Harry. "'Her clothes are gone. Her bed hasn't been slept in. "'Where is she? And why do you keep looking out the window?' Xenophilius dropped the tray. The bowls bounced and smashed. Harry, Ron, and Hermione drew their wands. Xenophilius froze, his hand about to enter his pocket. At that moment the printing press gave out a huge bang, and numerous quibblers came streaming across the floor from underneath the tablecloth. The press fell silent at once. Hermione stooped down and picked up one of the magazines, her wand still pointing at Mr. Lovegood. Harry, look at this. He strode over to her as quickly as he could through all the clutter. The front of the quibbler carried his own picture, emblazoned with the words, Undesirable Number One, and captioned with the reward money. Quibbler's going for a new angle, then? Harry asked coldly, his mind working very fast. Is that what you were doing when you went into the garden, Mr. Lovegood? Sending an owl to the ministry? Xenophilius licked his lips. They They took my Luna, he whispered, because of what I've been writing. They took my Luna, and I don't know where she is. What they've done to her. "'But they might give her back to me if I... if I... "'Hand over Harry?' Hermione finished for him. "'No deal,' said Ron flatly. "'Get out of the way. We're leaving.' "'Zedophilius looked ghastly, a century old, "'his lips drawn back into a dreadful leer. "'They will be here at any moment. "'I must save Luna. "'I cannot lose Luna. You must not leave.' "'He spread his arms in front of the staircase.' and Harry had a sudden vision of his mother doing the same thing in front of his crib. Don't make us hurt you, Harry said. Get out of the way, Mr. Lovegood. Harry! Hermione screamed. Features on, figures on broomsticks were flying past the windows. As the three of them looked away from him, Xenophilius drew his wand. Harry realized their mistake just in time. He launched himself sideways, shoving Ron and Hermione out of harm's way as Xenophilius' stunning spell soared across the room and hit the erumpent horn. There was a colossal explosion. The sound of it seemed to blow the room apart. Fragments of wood and paper and rubble flew in all directions along with an impenetrable cloud of white, thick dust. Harry flew through the air, then crashed to the floor, unable to see as debris rained upon him, his arms over his head. He heard Hermione's scream, Ron's yell, and a series of sickening metallic thuds, which told him that Xenophilius had been blasted off his feet and fallen backward down the spiral stairs. Half buried in rubble, Harry tried to raise himself. He could barely breathe or see for the dust. Half of the ceiling had fallen in, and the end of Luna's bed was hanging through the hole. The bust of Rowan a Ravenclaw lay beside him with its face half missing. Fragments of torn parchment were floating through the air, and most of the printing press lay on its side, blocking the top of the staircase to the kitchen. Then another white shape moved close by, and Hermione, coated in dust like a second statue, pressed her finger to her lips. The door downstairs crashed open. "'Didn't I tell you that it was no need to hurry, Travers?' said a rough voice. "'Didn't I tell you it was just this nutter, raving as usual?' There was a bang and a scream of pain from Xen- Xenophilius. "'No, no upstairs, Butter." "'I told you last week, love God, we're not coming back for anything less than some solid information. "'You remember last week when you wanted to swap your daughter for that stupid bleeding headdress the week before?' another bang another squeal when you thought that we'd give it back to you if you offered proof that there are crumple bang headed bang snow cakes? no no i beg you sobbed xenophilius it really is water, really now it turns out you only call us here to try and blow us up roared the death eater and there was a volley of bangs interspersed with squeals of agony from xenophilius "'This place looks like it's about to fall in, Selwyn,' said a cool second voice, echoing up the mangled staircase. "'The stairs are completely blocked. Uh, Could try clearing it, might bring the place down.' "'You lying, piece of filth!' shouted the second wizard, Selwyn. Excuse me, shouted the wizard named Selwyn. "'You've never seen Portal in your life, have you?' You thought you'd lure us here to kill us, did you? And you get your girl back like this? I swear, I swear. Potter's upstairs. I'm in them, Revelio," said the voice at the foot of the stairs. Harry heard Hermione gasp, and he had the odd sensation that something was swooping low over him, immersing his body in its shadow. "There's something up there, all right, I win said the second man sharply. It's Potter, I tell you, it's Potter," sobbed "Please, please, give me Luna! Just let me have Luna! You—oh, uh <laughs> you can have your little girl, love, good," said Solomon. "If you get up those stairs and bring me down, Harry Potter. But if this is a trick, if it's some plot, if you've got an accomplice out there waiting to ambush us." We'll see if we can spare a bit of your daughter for you to bury." Xenophilius gave a wail of fear and despair. There were scurryings and scrapings. Xenophilius was trying to get through the debris to the stairs. "'Come on,' Harry whispered. "'We've got to get out of here!' He started to dig himself out under the cover of the noise Xenophilius was making on the staircase. Ron was buried deepest. Harry and Hermione climbed as quietly as they could all over the wreckage to where they lay, trying to prize a heavy chest of drawers off of Ron's legs. While Xenophilius' banging and scraping grew nearer and nearer, Hermione managed to free Ron with the use of a hover charm. All right, breathed Hermione, as the broken printing press blocked the top of the stairs, began to tremble. Xenophilius was feet away from them. She was still white with dust. ''Do you trust me, Harry?'' Harry nodded. ''Okay, then,'' Hermione whispered. ''Give me the invisibility cloak. Ron, you're going to put it on.'' ''Me? Me? But, Harry...'' ''Please, Ron! Harry, hold tight to my hand. Ron, grab my shoulder.'' Harry held out his left hand. Ron vanished beneath the cloak. The printing press blocking the stairs was vibrating. Xenophilius was trying to shift it using a hover charm. Harry did not know what Hermione was waiting for. Hold tight, she whispered, hold tight, any second, Denefilius's paper-white face appeared over the top of the sideboard. Obliviate, cried Hermione, pointing her wand first into his face, then at the floor below them. De prima, she had blasted a hole in the sitting-room floor they fell like boulders. Harry, still holding on to her for dear life, there was a scream from below and he he glimpsed two men trying to get out of the way as vast quantities of rubble and broken furniture rained all around them from the shattered ceiling. Hermione twisted in midair and the thundering of the collapsed house rang in Harry's ears as she dragged him once more into darkness. And that is our chapter for the day. Folks, uh, this is for the edit. Check right there. Wait, hold on. Right there. Because I'm going to be starting to uh, add stuff. Um, This is not for you live, folks. But for you on YouTube, uh, check the corner there. I'm going to be putting important links now for my edits. Um, Jem says, no. And Van Live says, what on earth was Hermione's plan? (laughs) Uh, Folks, that was a big one. It seems like they could have done that a bit earlier, don't you? Well, we know uh, Hermione is... Look, uh, Hermione's a smart one, right? (laughs) We know that uh, if she's asking Harry to trust her, it means she's got some kind of plan going. And if we know Hermione, we know it's probably a pretty good one. But it does seem pretty strange, doesn't it? Uh... Uh, Rowlett says, lol, she always ends up on such cliffhangers in the chapters. Yes, indeed. Um, And uh, once again, it just feels great to know that this two-chapter sort of pair-up works so well for us because we get exactly the two chapters where we spend it with uh, Xenophilius Lovegood. It's fantastic. Uh, Honestly, it always makes me wonder if if I look back at previous books, will I find that I've been a real goose and done, you know, like, been off a half-step? You know what I mean? Like, if I were to go back to past chapters, um, of course... It is possible that she didn't, uh, Rowling didn't quite work with the same sort of two chapter, that kind of two-step thing in previous books, but it does seem like every sort of sequence happens in about two chapters, um, and I wonder if in past books I might have done, like, I might have mismatched my chapters like this. Also, here's our sweet, this is our sweet, uh, (laughs) sign to Flash for everyone who's, uh, who shows up for Tuesdays, um, for our vintage sidecar, um. If you want to know what that's all about, go ahead and uh, check out um, Frankenstein, which if you're watching this on YouTube, the link will be right there. (laughs) I am trying to do more of that because I figure, you know, the the, the YouTube stuff is good to have back catalog, but it's a little tough to navigate, so I'm going to be working on stuff like that. Um, uh, You did not miss Bean's Book and Hook. Never you fear. You did not at all. Sam forgets to put link. All right, Carzy Lizard, don't you blow up my spot like this. Come on now. Folks, you know what time it is. Now, of course, we have got more discussion that we could very well have here, and I intend to have it. But uh, I think uh, the Discord might be the best spot for it. So we are going to, uh, I think, proceed like this for today. Let me see. Have I give myself a bit more space? A little bit. Not ideal. I really wish I could just make it look like, like I could really spread out, but I would need a much uh, higher resolution camera for that. And right now, they're at a crazy markup. They're at a really crazy markup. Reed, no problem. It's been great to have you here, Holly Rose. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you for helping to brew our potion. Um, uh, no, you did not miss beans at all. No, you did not. Hey, uh. <laughs> <Equine>. <laughs> hey I've been lurking. Hi, Equine. How are you doing? Thanks for lurking. <laughs> it's good to have you here. I'm guessing you've been here for a little bit, but uh, it is great to have you. Uh, thank you very much, Van. I'm glad you enjoyed your uh, your first live one. It's good to see you here, good to see you in Discord, and uh, I hope you'll join us again later. Uh, yeah, tuna cameras are not cheap at the moment. Shotzi, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, nice of you not to smack the corgis. Uh, I, I, mean, I gotta be gentle to the corgis. Also, sometimes I, I'm looking at chat instead of up at the... I keep it pretty tiny, because my control box for all this is actually really dense um by the way did anybody get interrupted with a a mid-roll ad during that let me know because it's possible i won't have to do those ads at like the halftime. I i may still just out of caution but did anybody get interrupted halfway through our second chapter there let me know if it happens either then or during this part here if it just like randomly you did rowlet y'all got y'all got a chapter or a um uh, an ad there okay all right oh not during the second chapter no yeah, just a, just a mid-roll one the, for, it, it's for everyone, um, basically uh, when you show up to the stream for the first time that's pretty common, but yeah, let me know um, Like you'll have to ping me explicitly uh, and say that you got a mid-roll one, something that happened during the middle of, of uh, the stream, like it just popped up, because I did not roll one, so let me know um, just the first one? okay, alright, that's okay um, yeah, I definitely don't want to get interrupted though uh, alright let's see uh s love it thank you very much i appreciate it now folks um for those of you who are familiar with the channel welcome you know what time it is for those of you who are not pop, 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 pop. and then i'll go I'll hit the rest of them with an elbow i guess or something i don't know <laughs> <laughs> um Uh, Yeah, Van, that's a great question. Look, it's the end of our night. It's time to get silly with it. Why the heck not, right? Um, This is Bad Beans. Um, For anyone who is totally unfamiliar with the channel, hello again. My name is Sam. This is Sidecar Stories, um, where we appreciate stories in all sorts of different mediums. And tonight, as we have just finished reading our... um, uh, our two chapters of Deathly Hallows. Now it's time for Bad Beans, uh, which is a fun little exercise for us. Um, I throw down some Birdie Bots Every Flavor Beans with a blindfold and uh, just hope that they're not the ones that are just spicy as all heck. Um, I'm going to be doing that in just a moment, which means I do have to summon the Bean Queen. Just a moment. I will be right back. Um, and uh, as a reminder to you all, uh, this is. Um, uh, basically the the best way to add beans onto the the bean pile is uh, to share about the show and so if you would like to tell people about this like to get other folks in here to come hang out um, you can add beans onto the pile um, I look for um, my my handle sidecar stories and the hashtag HP out loud um, and then we can add beans onto the pile <laughs> I haven't heard bean stuff since it was only a few beans for new subscribers uh, yeah we changed it up a little bit but uh, car love it Intikana, thank you very much, and of course Shotzi Red, you know keeping things keeping things topped off. I appreciate y'all. It's all spilling over the edges. You have brewed an excellent potion for us. Just a moment, I will be right back. I gotta go fetch the Bean Queen. Dun 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 dunna. I guess it's the song I chose for her theme song today. Keep going? No. Are you sure? You could keep going though. Y'all got it last week. You're not going to this week. She was singing the Gilmore Girls theme song. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> lives. says, so fancy now. I missed the end streaming stuff on the VOD, since I'm always eager to jump to the next chapter. Oh my god, I ran out of air so quickly on that one. What is my deal tonight? My, ol- my old, 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 old uh, uh, asthma is kicking up again. <laughs> this is much fancier than the peppery earthworm beans. Uh, ooh, what happened here? (laughs) Uh, folks, I appreciate all of your generosity, an awful lot. Uh, again, it is one of the things that makes it possible for me to, um, to, uh, continue to do this and to actually do it more often than I have in the past. Um, and, uh, it has been an awful lot of fun for me. So, thank you very much. And now it's time for some bad beans, which means I'm also going to go through my schedule for the week. All right, let's do this thing. Can I'm, make it bigger so I can see it? I'm using, yeah, I can do that. Um, I wasn't sure what you meant at first. I was like, "Am I? is my face cam too small? Do I need to make it bigger? She she just leaned over and just went, ee. Can I use the invisibility cloak? Yeah. Cool. I suppose. I suppose I'll allow it. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's do this thing. All right, folks. For our first bean of the... N- oh, look at this. Look it. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty <laughs> happy with it. Oh, oh, Cass, it's loose. Cass, my head's on a little loose. All right, um, now, uh, for our first bean of the night, uh, I will just tell you all as a real basic one. Hi, my name is Sam. This is Sidecar Stories, and I stream Tuesdays through Fridays. Um, I do uh, two streams on, I, I start at noon most days, except, of course, on Thursdays when we do this at uh, 4 p.m. Pacific time. Um, and, uh, Escar, love it. thank you very much, I appreciate it. Uh-oh. Okay, so this is either a cinnamon one, or it's a spicy one, right off the bat. Right off the bat, okay. And, uh, I actually have yet to go and, um, check on the, uh, the social media stuff, so I'm gonna have to do that during one of our following beans here. Let me see. I <sniffs> don't... Never mind. Never mind, we're in good territory here. That's um... Oh, you're in trouble <laughs> if this <it> isn't spicy. <laughs> Let me see. Okay, this one's got a bit of a bubblegum thing going on, but also like a little bit of maybe banana. Is banana bubblegum oh, you know. a, a flavor? A flavor I kind of know. A flavor I'm probably wrong about. Um, I think, hmm. I just see, because I don't think banana bubblegum is on there. Also, ugh, I just got a tiny little hit at the end there about some stank bug. That probably wasn't intentional. I mean it's definitely sure. banana e like either banana bubblegum or banana like um like cotton candy honestly. Uh, you know what? Let's go for a weird week. Banana cotton candy. <laughs> That's my answer. Cuz I I truly do not know what it is. It's top banana. Top There's banana? Only one banana flavor in here. Is it just banana? It's top banana. Why, is, why isn't it the bottom banana? I don't know what to tell you. Lisa says the bottom of a trash can, and Gwendoc says banana kettle corn, <laughs> which is, which that would be some real alchemy right there. Mm. Okay. It's not my favorite. Uh, yes, an excellent question, um, that has been asked by someone, and, uh, Tuna has jumped in to answer it. Percy Jackson is, indeed, our next series after Harry Potter. Uh, I've just been hearing too much about how it's a great series that didn't get movies that really did it justice, and so I figured, you know what? I'll try my hand at it. Let's do this thing. Let's throw it down. All right, next up. Hi! (laughs) Um, on Tuesdays. We stream uh, at 12 p.m. Pacific Time, um, Vintage Sidecar, which is uh, where we shed some light on Classic Lit. It scares you every time. That one didn't scare me, I just... You flinched. I moved a little bit. Flinch. Like it was a little flinch, a little flinch, a little flinch. It's fine. Um, Uh, We are currently reading through Frankenstein. Uh, We go through and if you're ever looking to either you're studying Frankenstein for school or you just want to learn to understand classic lit a little bit better, um, that's a great way to do it. Uh, And then at 2 p.m. we are playing Harry Potter in Minecraft. That's right, you heard me correctly. Uh, Head on over there. Uh, You can find our first episode up on YouTube right now. Our second episode... It got a little wonky this week, Uh, so uh, we're going to catch up, and if there is new information in there that you're not going to see at some point, then I will make sure it makes it into the edit. Otherwise, um, catch up with us this coming Tuesday, so starting next week, um, and we should be back on the right track. Um, It is possible, however, that this week's was just a Twitch exclusive, depending on uh, what the edit turns out to be. All right, so that's our Tuesday. Uh, 12 p.m. and 2 p.m. on Tuesdays. All in Pacific time, all these times will be. Let's see. Very fruity. Definitely fruity. fruity. Lisa says, no, it wasn't wonky. It was funny. I'm glad you thought so. Uh, technical issues always put me on edge, as unfortunately, y'all probably sort For of... A long time. What do you mean? It's like a couple days, kind of burn. Sometimes if it will you be have technical issues. Depending on the stuff, I think I've gotten better about it. I've gotten better at it. At I mean, it depends on the issue for sure. Um, but uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, this one, I'm feeling like a mixed berry kind of thing. I think I got to go mix berry on it. Well, that's not weird. Why? Because you said it's a weird week. You want banana cotton candy? No, that's only, that's only if I'm not sure what it is. Like if I've got. Uh. Yeah, if I'm, look, if I'm going to be wrong, I want to be really, really wrong. <laughs> I'm gonna, I am want to be so wrong that I earn the extra asterisks that um, Frizz puts on there anyway. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to mix berry. Wild blackberry. Wild blackberry? Mm-hmm. Not as much of a mix as I was hoping for. Holly, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> I was double grounded. <laughs> Holly blew up the pot. Hobby is our 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 master our, our potion master potion mistress. I don't know. Potion, potion matron. <laughs> on Wednesdays Mama we play potion. Dungeon World. What do you say? I said Mama Potion. Mama Potion, yeah. Um, on Wednesdays we play Dungeon World. Uh, we have just uh, let's see. This week was chapter twenty four of our campaign, which is amazing. I have. Uh, We have been doing some things in there that I would not have thought possible, frankly. Um, We did a spotlight episode where we spent some time with each of our party members individually. Um, And for those of you who don't know about that campaign, uh, you can use the wiki hashtag um, to find out more about that. Not the hashtag, sorry. The wiki command. This is definitely a spicy bean. Uh Uh-oh is what I have to say to you, is uh uh-oh. It's a very spicy one. Go ahead and use the wiki command, and it will sort of give you a sense of what that's like. But you can join one of our three teams and play for one of those characters. If you've ever been interested in DD or something like it, it's a great way to sort of like ease your way in or just to find out about some of the fantastic new stories being told using RPGs. All right. If I keep if I keep talking, I don't have to bite into it. Ow. It's grassy. It's already grassy before I even bite into it. Ugh. What's Fridge talking about there? Sidecar? S-Car, love it. Thank you very much. Vote oh, Discord for the next watch party. It's Free Iroh. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out a good time for that watch party. Then saves lives. Says kids with bike, kids on bikes rules played twice. That um, was rad, and the other was a disaster. Uh, one was rad, the other was a disaster. Well, Come I hope us. you, I hope you will enjoy ours. Uh, yeah, maybe I can find that link really quick while I'm chewing on this very bad bean. Um, okay, so it's definitely a spicy one. I got a little bit of that grass flavor, and unfortunately, I cannot remember the distinctions between some of these. Um, I can't remember which one attached the grass flavor to it. I think I'm going to go, just because it's green, I'm going to go with um, jalapeno, frankly. Although, wait, oh, this might be habanero. Habanero is more of like a a really cold sort of horseradish heat. Horseradish heat. November 1st is a Sunday. What about it? She said Saturday, November 1st, or the following weekend. Hmm. I think it looks like a Sunday. Yeah, I know. That's what I said. It does indeed look like a Sunday. Um, but yeah, there is that uh, that link there in chat is to our Kids on Bikes um, uh, episode, uh, session zero, uh, the, f- the first part of that. I'm releasing it in three parts. You'll see the next one up uh, on Saturday. Um but yeah, Saturday is Halloween, um, and uh, that is when we are going to be playing our uh, our, our Kids on Bikes adventure. Uh, I hope you will enjoy that, and I think you really will. This one, uh, it wasn't terribly hot. I'm going to have to go jalapeno, even though it really roasted me last time. Jalapeno? Yes! I am the winner. Tuna says, Frizz and I will be streaming Kids on Bikes from the spooky basement with haunted bad Wi-Fi. Oh, that's no good. I didn't know that. Luckily, it's pretty low. Not, not, not particularly not demanding. demanding. Yeah. Um. All right. So that's our Wednesdays. On Thursday, shoo. Good. Okay. Cool. Um. On Thursday, we do this. Um. I would say, like, I have, I sort of kept it open as a possibility, but uh, with my remote work going on right now, um, I need to be spending time doing that earlier in the day, and so. I don't often do two streams on a Thursday, but of course, you're here, you know what we do on Thursdays. 4pm Pacific Time, we're here reading Harry Potter, and uh, when the time comes, we'll be here reading um, uh, Percy Jackson. This one remains a family-friendly stream, uh, so I encourage you all to, uh, if you got other folks that you want to bring in on this, uh, go for it, we love to have new folks in. How, which reminds me, we haven't seen the Bacon Bits in a while. The Bacon Bits? Yeah. Mama pork chop and the uh, and the bacon bits. <laughs> Mama pork chop was uh, coming in for a while, and I don't think we've seen her in a bit. Okay, this one again. We've got. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> uh, we've got a, a bean that I think should technically be good, but it has been ruined by the the spicy bean that was just in my mouth. Um, um actually, this might just be another spicy one. You know what? I'm getting some. I'm getting some um, sriracha jam going on here. I think this is just another spicy one. Final answer. Sriracha. Uh, all, right. That old rooster sauce. Yeah, right Was it right. red? Yeah. What are you doing, Kit Kicker? What's going on? What are you doing? What are you doing here? <laughs> uh, Kit is trying to help uh, the Discord folks who ah, don't have actually. the bandwidth to keep up with Twitch. Okay, that makes sense. I, so, I, I apologize. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> she, thought, she thought you were thought trying cheating. to... To smuggle me in some cheats, <laughs> which I thank you. Yeah, top top Shiracha says Van saves lives. Uh, Frizz says Sam Iroh is being imprisoned for not jumping on the cooking stream bandwagon. Therefore, free free Iro, but also sidecar snacking. Look, I think it's a great idea, and uh, I think you know what? I think that might fit in pretty well to our uh, November schedule. We don't have like an official November schedule made up right now, but I want to start working on it. About halfway through October seems seems sensible. Have to figure out how you're going to set up in the kitchen. Yeah, I am. I don't think it should be terribly difficult. The, the big question is going to be, are you going to be able to see anything? Because uh, a lot of the high resolution on my streams is as a result of using assets, like pictures and such that I have around me. This webcam is not awesome. <laughs> so uh, we shall see. Um, it's possible it might have to be like a cooking video or something. I will try it. We'll We'll talk about it in the Discord. So um, you can use the Discord command just like this. Um, if you ever need that link, uh, go ahead and, <coughs> oh baby, jump in there, and uh, that's where we will be holding votes for things like that, and things like, what is our next vintage sidecar book going to be? So, got my sriracha bean, let's move on. Friday, the last day of the week, and our last uh, sort of basic bean, shall we call them, our last substrate bean? I don't know. You're the worst. Our last, our last brewing bean before we go into our uh, our real potion ingredients. Um, oh, this is our this is an intimate experience. I can just I'm, I'm pressing on my headphones. I can hear my voice really, really well, and it's very dark. Um, on Fridays. Intimate. <laughs> We have uh, at 12 p.m. our, our uh, Spout Lore sessions, which are a uh, recap slash world building session um, where we do all sorts of really creative and really fun stuff. Uh, so if you like world building, uh, head over there. We do uh, world building for um, our Wednesday sessions. Uh, that goes for about two hours. Um, it includes things like uh, let's see, we've built new characters in there. We have talked about NPCs. We have built a whole pantheon of gods to cover during our Wednesday campaign. It's a fantastic time. Uh, that is a that's a twitch exclusive and um i guess i mean we do i just don't see a i don't think people will watch it if i put it up on uh youtube um but you can find that there at 12 p.m pacific time and at 2 p.m pacific time we are playing some game if you want to know which game uh this week it is going to be uh don't starve not monster Prom, not monster Prom again no that one was that one got raunchy this folks Escar, I love it. Thank you. Have you played whatever this game? is? No, but I'm familiar enough with it to know that Are we're you not getting sure? into very. Yes, uh, I'm. <laughs> I, uh, I sort of looked over my schedule again and realized, hmm, I'm gonna have to be careful about some of these things. Um, but yeah, that one was R-rated. Uh, the uh, the Monster Prom, uh, Don't Starve should be back at our normal sort of game time PG thirteen ranking. <laughs> Uh, tuna. Yes. Although, actually, hold on. I think I might be able to. Don't do it yet, tuna, because I think I might be able to uh, send you a copy. I want to say. Um, we we shall see. I have to check my stuff to find out, but um, I think that's possible. Anyway, um, stuffed peppers, sweet potatoes. Hmm. I don't know what I would cook. That's another Probably good question. Probably whatever we make for the week. Some some stir fry. In all honesty, although that would be pretty. That would be a repetitive. <laughs> Uh, let's see. I'm not sure. We'll have to talk again. We'll do that in the we'll do that in the Discord. Uh, okay. I don't. Let's see. How about this bean? I so much. I forgot what I put in your mouth. I'm getting some. Good gravy. I'm getting some vanilla and some like sort of lemony kind of acid. Hmm. <laughs> it's definitely citrusy, sort of a sort of lemony. Um, I think I'm gonna go with. Uh, oh boy, it's like a lemon pop or something. Lemon something. I don't remember lemon what it's pop. called. Uh, um, I'm going lemon. Lemon's my answer, of course. My mouth is flooded that sweet, sweet spice. So this is your mixed berry. This is mixed berry. I always get mixed berry after I've always uh, after I've already had a bunch of other ones. It does not treat me very well. It's mixed, it's mixed berry. All right, folks, and with that, I have to go check uh, Twitter and Instagram because I want to find out uh, if you folks have been sharing stuff about the show. Um... Some of y'all have been very consistent, so I've got a pretty good suspicion. I know what's been going on here, but um, uh, Tuna's over there talking to Good Mythical Morning on Twitter about um, about our Wednesday sessions, which is pretty cool, That's uh, and I awesome. appreciate that. So uh, <laughs> thank you, Tuna. Um, I think I think for that you probably get a second character named after you. So we'll we'll have to find out like. <laughs> I don't know what it'll be yet, but we might have to go middle name or something. I don't know, or just someone named Tuna, <laughs> or they this is this is Mr. Sunday. That would be pretty cool. They wouldn't have to put out very much quiche to get you on the show, because we're right here. <laughs> we are. We are right here. We're super available. Uh, we're right here on Twitch. Uh, I love how the pot still has twitching beans. It's so creepy. It's just a, it's just a little. It's the, the The pot is at a bit of a simmer right now. You got to simmer it for a little bit um, to keep it nice and stable. Otherwise, it does explode. Um, you guys can do like a virtual. Uh, oh, Miss <laughs> Frizz says I shared that tweet with him. Uh, you get credit, yeah, for sure. I just didn't. I, there's no way for me to track that on here. It's um, a tweet. Um, I tell you what, I'll show you later. Because I, I still have not <laughs> yet done a proper job of searching through this. Um, of course, we have our sidecar, uh, our Lisa Hall for the sidecar, <laughs> who I appreciate. Um, let's see. Did we get Reed last week? It was six days ago, so I don't think so. Nope. Reed. Reed Moniker, this one's for you. Um, Reed Moniker on, Twitter, on uh, Twitter. Thank you very much. Um, I appreciate you sharing the good word about the show. This one is for you. I don't know. Are you I wanna here? Say- I wanna say Read the Destroyer, I think. Close your eyes. Indeed. Are you here? Read. Tell you what, I will I will look at this instead. Read, are you here? <laughs> Read, can you hear us? Calling all Read, Reed, are you angry? <laughs> <laughs> hey Shotzi, thank you very much. I appreciate it. My voice is cracking, I sound like Xenophilia's Love Good. Oh boy. Um uh, actually I gotta grab that down there, if you please, excuse me. All right, Reed, you got five seconds. Five. <laughs> four, and then we're just going to drop it. Three. Which two. I don't think you sh- you'll be disappointed. One. Um, <laughs> all right, close your eyes. Okay. Um, tell you what, can I do this? Does that work? Yeah, that's fine. All right, just bot me on the hand first so you don't sneak it under and show me using my nose because I can see most of my nose. What I lack in tasting ability, I gain in peripheral nose vision. <laughs> 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 I wrote summon a nuke in chat. Oh boy! Oh boy! Okay, let me see. Uh-oh, it's a little grassy. I'm not sure. I'm a huge fan of this because it typically means spicy's on its way. Are we gonna go three? What three or four spicy beans? Three? Ugh. Here I go. Um, again, y'all can add extra beans to the pile by sharing uh, my handle, Sidecar Stories, and the hashtag #HPOutLoud. I don't. Um, nope. Okay, it's super fruity. Whew, we're good. Now, the question is, what sort of fruit? Um, I mean, that's pretty s- strawberry-some, I think. It's definitely some sort of like... It's definitely a popsicle fruit. <laughs> what, is, what is that? What is a popsicle fruit? <laughs> um, the orange, strawberry... Or no, orange cherry and grape are Oran- popsicle fruit. Yeah, orange cherry and grape. And I think, actually, Although this one's leaning really more grape for me now. and lime is the love of my life. It's not lime. That's right. Mine is a, mine's def- mine's a defunct streaming platform, so. <laughs> um, let me see. I'm, I, I think I'm going to transfer over to grape for this one. I don't think it's, it's strawberry-y enough. Let's hear it. You're going with grape? Grape. That's my final answer. Was it strawberry? Either orange or tangerine. Oh, come on. <laughs> Nasty fruit face flavors is popsicle fruit. Hold on, what now? <laughs> I, got, I got very lost in that sentence. <laughs> Fake, not face. Okay. Nasty <laughs> okay. Fake fruit. <laughs> you read all the words right, but it sounded like you were having a stroke. <laughs> Nasty face fruit flavors is my favorite Wu-Tang album. Um, okay, let me see. Um, we got out of yarn last week. That one I already got. That one's cleared. Um, Never mind. Out of yarn got me again. Out of yarn, thank you very much. Out of yarn over on... Um, uh, over on Instagram, which is oh boy, you remember for some reason you can remember this one even though I can't. Book and Hook, book and hook yes, Book and Hook. Uh, this one's for you. Uh, go ahead and put oh, put you. one in chat. I'm going to be very intentional about not looking at the screen this time so as not book to book? blow it. Book and Hook, are you, are you here? Are you angry? Me? Yeah. What color bean would you like? Indeed. Thank you very much. I am getting better at. Uh, well, frankly, I'm getting better at uh, finding these things when they end up in my in uh, Instagram oh, stories because right. those are tougher to track for some right. reason. You're not looking. Don't look. I am not. I'm not looking. And we've got another one after this. <laughs> Close your eyes. Indeed. Hold on. Let me get the get the invisibility cloak up here. Shoo. This thing comes in a lot of handy. I wonder if it would be handy during a cooking stream. I don't know what I would cook. That would be really interesting. Um. I wonder. I mean, it's got I, okay. So right now, I'm doing a bunch with uh, sauces. Uh, I made some uh, glass basically. Um, and if you if you want to make fun of my pronunciation, I give you full full range to do so. It's a spicy one. Did they request a spicy one? What is domiglas? Out of yarn. Did you do this intentionally? <laughs> Book and hook. Okay. All right, I'm just gonna look fully away so you don't have to cover it up. Um, okay, so it's definitely a spicy one. Um, uh, it's just like a really deeply. It's it's a it's a broth, but it is reduced. Excuse me, a reduced stock until it's just like super flavorful. Um, and I'm really enjoying doing like pan sauces and Trump's wine reduction. It's fall do a stew. We like it's stew. Fall do a stew. Uh, we like soup too. It's just I like love soup. most of it just does not take that much like. Soup is the best. Streamable stuff. It's mostly just like do some stuff and then put it in a pot for a very long time. <laughs> well, yeah, that'd be a perfect vod. Oh, oh, okay. Well, book and hook, you got me good. Uh, this is one of the the real hot ones. So I'm gonna go not jalapeno, It's either habanero or even beyond that. Cause oh man, it is lighting things up. I think we got our. I think we might have our first Carolina Reaper or whatever it is. The hot one, Carolina Reaper, right? Carolina Reaper, final answer. Yeah. This is the worst one it's been, for sure. They said spice things up. So I did. Buck and hook, how dare you? (laughs) I took it to 100. (laughs) Mmm. Okay, a couple of things. As long as I've got water in my mouth, it's not terrible, but without water in my mouth, it's bad. I'm pulling the chute. I I need my protection charm bean. Lisa, this one's for you. Although honestly, Lisa, this one's for me. <laughs> <laughs> Just throw it in quick, darling. I'm gonna need something. Oh, hold on. No, no holding okay. on, okay. unfortunately. I, I didn't I see can it. Look at it. That man's a malk. Would you like some malk? Um hair I'll do i I'll, I'll do malk afterward. Um what'd you say? I got hair on my lip. <laughs> um, okay. This one is Okay, it's much better to be dealing with flavors um, other than popcorn when I'm doing this. But, oh, baby. This one's tough um, because I've had such a, Wow, my whole mouth is spicy. Oh, baby. F2 Tyler, thanks for joining us. Uh, yeah, honestly, I guess I'll try it. Because um, it's, it's not like the worst spice I've ever had, but it is definitely lingering and it's everywhere right now. Book and Hook, you asked for this. You knew what you were doing. Oh, baby. F2 Tyler, thanks for jumping over from YouTube. It's good to have you here. Hmm. Dang, but y'all can thank uh, Book and Hook for that one um, over on uh, Instagram. And frankly, I'm I'm willing to forgive you because I think you are the loudest voice of mine over on Instagram, and so I appreciate you for that, even though you did just spicy bean bomb my mouth. Ooh, try peanut butter, says Odd Man. That sounds like a... I mean, uh, I will try anything. Um, and then we've got our final bean for the night, I believe. Thank you very much. Mm. Ugh. <laughs> Can I substitute my bean for an emergency glass of milk for Sam each week? Honestly, Iroh, have a great night. Uh, honestly, the, uh, the extra bean is pretty helpful. Now... The trade-off is that I have no idea what it is. Um, uh, good, Tyler. I'm glad you are. Uh, th- yeah, welcome to Scooter Patrol. It's great to have you here. Oh, yeah, my peripheral nose version is <laughs> giving me no help right now. Escar, love it. Thank you. Every time I exhale, it makes my tongue worse. Um, this next one is for Rainy underscore Day Reader on Instagram. Thank you very much. Oh, are you here? I appreciate it. Oh, rainy day baby. Reader? I like Rainy. I don't think I've seen Rainy Day Reader in chat, but it's very likely that they're going by a different name. Well, yeah, everybody does. Watch it be a second, watch it be a second username for Book and Hook, and they're like, hit him again! <laughs> hit, <laughs> hit him again! Another one. Another one. Um can guess again. That's can true. Guess. I did not guess. that Because truly, I've got no idea. It is obliterated in an avalanche of spice. And now Malk is. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, baby. Oh, it's still so <laughs> hot your senses with a nice cool glass of malk it doesn't help that it sticks between my teeth and then and then burns my gums Um. Shotzi! (laughs) Uh, Shotzi, let's see I don't think I saw it are you are you under the same handle over on Twitter Shotzi? Oh baby all right. while I look for this. I'm definitely gonna. Am I? Hmm. Is Bean Queen referencing Julian Smith? I don't think so. Oh, Malk. Yeah. 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 Okay. Get the man, some like, Malk. I was like, I don't know what it. Yeah. I know it's a video. <laughs> I don't know who it is. It's the Lisa Hall flavor. It can't be understood much like some of my comments. (laughs) Um, I don't think so Um, Oh, baby Mm. This is very hot fortunately, it's not making me like Hack up a lung or anything like uh, some of the rest of those were real rough ones Um, Yeah, Shotzi, I don't think so um let me, here, I guess I, I'm checking, I did not check the, the hashtag specifically. Let me check if that's it. Oh, if man. Lisa Hall's, I'm going to give you a hint on the color, but you're going to get an asterisk if you get it right. Is that fine? Um, on the color of it? Yeah, I think so. The yeah. Is green. Green, okay. This is only because I feel bad. Ah, uh, here it is, Kimberly. Okay, I found it. All right, we're all good so we got another one added in there as well. Uh, but that one was... I'm going to go... i got to go with, like, Green Apple or something. Um, was it? Yeah. Yes! Asterix. Hey, I don't a mind... One, one more with an asterix. Yeah, a one with an asterix. Let's see it. Oh, I baby. I mean, I appreciate it, Lisa, but to be honest, he had to get it at some point, right? And it was better that he got it when someone asked for it than just, like out of the blue and now he knows what to expect <laughs> he's tried them all now i know what to expect sort of ish a little it still blindsides me every single time so thank okay. you very much yeah. i appreciate it uh and yep this one's for Shotzi. so Shotzi, uh Give i'm gonna put this up above my eyes thank you very your... much huh I, th- I thought you were just saying Eeyore over and ag- over Eeyore, again. Eeyore. 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 Don't look. <laughs> okay, sorry. You're right. All right, Shotzi, what'd you like? Mm. What's you going to do with that dessert? It's all over on the left side of my mouth now, uh, which is not ideal. Ugh. Not great. Not great, but not as bad as it was before. I'm intentionally not looking over there, so I don't get uh, caught up in it. And after this, folks, um, hold on, I, actually, I have to check something. I am not looking okay. at it. Uh, go ahead and it grab it it's at your leisure. At Oops, it. that's not no. good. All right. I just have to check something real quick. Uh-oh, that's not good. Don't look at the screen either. All right. Um, yeah, we are good to go. Don't look at the screen. I will not. Folks, after this, we are raiding into Mr. Half-Bit's stream. Uh, right now he is streaming, I believe it's The Witcher. Um, but, uh, one thing to warn you all, that is probably going to be an R-rated stream, uh, just because of the, by virtue of the game that he's playing. Um, I would say it's going to be R-rated, there will be some R-rated content, definitely R-rated language, be aware of that. Um, but, that means once we are done here tonight, um, I will give you all the heads up. Uh, you you can opt into this thing, so it's not going to drag you there automatically. Uh, just something to keep in mind. But we're going to go raid there, which means that we're just, it's just going to take us over there. So we're going to go say hi. Uh, the Witcher's is a fantastic game, and Mr. Halfbit is a good friend of mine, a great lover of stories, much like myself. And um, uh, I think uh, he's as he's starting his sort of uh, his his streaming stuff. What do you say? Definitely a friend of the channel. Yeah, he is the one who is running our kids on bikes adventures, and uh, he has done a lot of uh, similar storytelling the way that I have with uh, the RPGs and stuff. So here we go. Final bean of the night. Let me see. <laughs> Holly Rose says, "The Witcher is a good, good story, y'all. It's another, it's another spicy one, and yet it's so, it's so much less spicy than the first one that it almost tastes sweet." um i'm going to go with once again it tastes a bit grassy so i'm gonna go with jalapeno again i'm starting to get the hang of these spicy ones i think jalapeno you think i'd give you two jalapeno ones? it's cayenne It's cayenne. all right well i guess maybe not quite as <laughs> as much of a hang of it as i thought we would folks thank you very much for joining me here this week um it has been fantastic i will be back tomorrow as i mentioned uh we do our spout lore <laughs> session and then we're going to be playing don't starve bye y'all